everybody, and welcome to episode 484 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparis, coming to you from the Doug DeFreitas Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash laser time and join us at the $20 level. Who's joining me now? Orange tip, Chris Antista. And wow. I plead the fifth, it's Matthew Allen. <laughs> and special guest... The very beautiful Dan Amrick. We love Dan Amrick. Dan Amrick <laughs> is good. so good. That's good. We do. We love Dan Amrick. Thank <laughs> you for joining us. <laughs> we did. We did. I, I, I pitched an idea this week that I was going to consult you on, and instead Michael just got you on. I don't know why I didn't think to do that. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, yeah, yeah. I, it's not your fault. I have been sort of off the casual podcast market for several years because I was just too busy on my old gig. Yeah. I right. have the bandwidth and the freedom to do podcasts without being like i don't have to be approved it took me six months to get on a podcast that was not vga uh and the only reason i was allowed to go on vga is because i did not tell them and i figured if they knew michael was on it then they would be okay with me on it so yeah i'm i'm sort of and i have a different commute and i and i i I am able to make this happen more often so thank you for inviting yay thank you for coming on it's it's great to have you back on especially for this topic you came up with this one chris you want to explain it well, partially I had the unbelievably rare luxury of hanging out with friends in person and having a, like, seven-person, hours-long video game discussion with people in their 40s. It just, like, really hasn't happened outside of this venue in a very long time. It was like this, but with more cigarettes. And uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it just it occurred to me that, like... Uh, well, my, my buddy just got the uh, arcade one up uh, Terminator Two cabinet for like two ninety nine, which is a pretty stellar deal, considering mm. they have two Sidon guns in there. And so I, I got we started talking about the light gun and how basically, like you know, when I was growing up, I thought video games, arcades, and home consoles were kind of in tandem with the light gun experience. It still kind of is in arcades, but like. Dan may have a better authority. How many consoles launched with light guns before the before the 3D era? Like many of them launched with light guns because that was expected to be. That's what a video game is. You point a gun at it. Before Nintendo ever made a game, they made toy guns and light gun things. And a, even the light telephone, a gun that shoots your voice. It's the craziest looking thing that somehow works made in the 70s it's a great question how many consoles launched with light gun i know nintendo everyone should know the story if not go read your history of like why they had to do it to make it a toy to basically get in stores because the great video game crash but like did other platforms have them did master system System did at least Mm -hmm. eventually and master system did maybe not at launch and then yeah the snes had silent scope 6 atari 78 or 7200 i think 7800 7800 and there was several several, like pre you know early 80s plug and play consoles that were only light gun experiences the technology is so simple yet i have a vague awareness about about it we were looking at sidon uh light gun controllers Sidon or Sinden Sinden I yeah it might be Sinden I think it's Uh, Sinden and and and, uh I I just had this like you know rhetorical question what killed home light gun games was it was it LCD televisions or the Wii (laughs) 
I, I think it was LCD televisions. Like when I think I, it was LCD televisions combined with things like Columbine and all of a sudden kids holding actual reproductions yeah. of guns in the home when video games were being blamed for violence is probably not a good look. Just saying. No, no, I, I totally. That's when I was I was on the website, a great website before Mario that just to look at what Nintendo mm. had put out because they have so many gun things. Yeah. And then some of them were just like one one replica guns with like little Japanese kids just holding like a scoped rifle that looks yeah. real. I mean, this all goes back like some of the early electromechanical games. There's one famous one that always shows up at Cal Extreme, uh, which is Shoot the Bear. And that's literally all it is. It's a mechanical bear and a light sensor. Yeah. And you have to be a really good shot. But it's it's a hunting simulator, right? It's just like it's a big mm-hmm. hunting rifle. It and sounds so, like a nickname for a sex act. They shoot the bear. Oh, oh, shoot oh, the bear oh, tonight, yeah. buddy. And then the reverse cowgirl uh, mm-hmm. shoots the bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. But yeah, when when televisions went to flat panel, mm-hmm. uh, all of the technology involved in making a zapper or a, or a Genesis menacer or any of those things, it was all based on the CRT tube itself and reading yeah. some of that. So, right. like, it became, eh, you can't do it. Like, I actually had... A light gun that looked like a little 50s sci-fi ray gun that Act Labs made for the PC, and it was wow. a it, it was a pass-through for a VGA monitor. And even having a VGA monitor on my main cabinet, I couldn't make that work. Uh, yeah. So it just got to a point where, yeah, I think you're right. Society was just like, maybe we shouldn't be glorifying the guns quite so much. And well, I, also, I, like, also, we're gonna have to rebuild this technology, and it's just not worth it. And we're just not. It's always, it's always a, a smaller. It's that that uh, catch twenty two, right? If you don't make yeah. light gun games, then nobody will buy them. But if you don't, if you don't have the hardware out there, then there's no reason to develop for them. Yeah. And mm. it just becomes like, a, ah, never mind. We got analog sticks now. Make them push that around. And Revolution then, X with a D pad, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I blame partially the Wii. Because it it did market itself as like, well, this controller is just a zapper, and it was a very very bad zapper. A, yeah, like it, yeah. so you were getting these light gun ports of like Lethal Enforcers and Mad Dog McCree that were less accurate <laughs> than than third than twenty year old technology. Yeah. But that to me felt like a resurgence. Like well, light guns had sort of been out of the picture for a while, plus, and then the Wii was like, oh, they're sort of bringing it back, but not well. Yeah, there was that Wii Zapper, which was, might have been like the first time where it's like, no, the first party peripheral is really bad. You don't want that one. Yeah. You want to get like one of these cheapo third party things that look like a pistol grip. Yep. But, yeah, that's yeah. what I did. Yeah, House of the Dead was so good. Mm-hmm. There was some yeah. House of the Dead version or Typing of the Dead. That you could also do that. I forget what. No, there was a House of the Dead. Yeah, Wii. Yeah, yeah. there definitely is. Oh, there was yeah, Overkill yeah. was on Wii. Overkill, okay, yeah. it was Overkill. All right, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I like immediately ran out, bought two of those Nyko converters, and I was like, "Honey, we're eating good in the neighborhood. Let's go." <laughs> you know, my my wife actually uh, does not enjoy arcade atmosphere and doesn't play a lot of arcade games. But what she loves is we'll go to like Dave and Buster's for dinner. And we'll go over, and it's the light gun shooters. She's really good at silent scope. Uh, we Hell played yeah. Virtua oh, Cop nice. 2 every morning on our honeymoon in 1995. We would wake up in a Walt Disney World hotel, go have Mickey Waffles, play a couple of rounds of Virtua Cop, and then get on the bus and go to the park. That's... So, to me, light guns are kind of romantic. Yeah, no, oh. I, I, that, I, uh, two of the people I've dated the longest were, like, exceptionally good at arcade light gun games, and I just, like... How did you get so good at this? Like, at fucking Area 51, I suck. I, I suck at Area 51. It was so expensive to get good at. Right. If, uh, you, if you watch a lot of TV, though, they would have you believe that 
people are still playing like light gun games are the biggest fad in gaming like every time you see gaming represented in pop culture it's like someone's shooting with a light gun i'm like mm. that shit hasn't happened for yeah. decades at this i, I point. can't even like, think if there is a peripheral now i remember i reviewed time crisis 4 for ps3 and it had like this a very similar setup to the power glove like you had to like put yeah. three sensors around the TV and they all had to be yeah. reading at the same time. It was super frustrating. So like the ease of which porting light gun games just became lost that generation essentially. And yeah. I had pitched this just cause, um, some of the stuff arcade one up is doing is, uh, they, I think they have big buck hunter and T two, but as of right now, that's like the only modern light gun game you can kind of buy with, the actual light gun experience? Actually, yeah, Buck Hunter never went away, did it? Yeah. In arcades, no. like, there's always... Socially it's... acceptable gun use. Well, yeah, it's it's right. like Golden Tee. Like, there was always a Buck Hunter cabinet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in, I, in I just want bar. to express to any politicians that might be listening, next time you blame video games for real-world gun violence, the Japanese no... love these gun games and have no such problem, yeah. as does the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's well, not Jap- an Japan issue. Well, Japan has the whole airsoft culture, right? Which yeah. are like realistic yeah. reproductions of guns. According like, to they have that They have that instead of an actual gun culture. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We yeah. just have the real gun culture. They yes. have the airsoft and culture. I think you could probably, when we had more light guns, we probably had less shooting. So how about mm-hmm. that for a, a thesis on all this? I just, I, I, it's something I want to see come back just because it, yeah, it did consider to me it, it, when I thought about gaming thirty years ago, I kind of thought about light gun stuff because it was just so omnipresent in my house mm-hmm. and arcades, and it still very much exists in arcades. So we, I think yeah. we we what was it underrated light gun games? Light gun games you don't always hear about because I just wanted to celebrate. Yeah. Like yeah. I had so much pl- fun playing Virtua Cop on the Saturn with a controller mm. that I, I just <laughs> never see games like this anymore. I love Die Hard Two and Die Hard Trilogy. I, I have a theory, though, as to why they still apply. They're still good for arcades, but not the home experience, which is like arcade. You kind of go in there, you put in your money and it's OK to have an experience that drives itself. Right. It's, it's just a shooting gun. It's mm-hmm. a shooting gallery that drives itself. Mm-hmm. When you're playing in your home console, you got Call of Duty. I can control my main character and where I shoot. And that's sort of the one thing that's really difficult to do in light gun games. Like it has to be on rails most of the time. And you're just, you know, a shooting gallery, yeah, which again, time, that's not time as fun crisis as controlling four, my guy. Time Crisis 4 had like a port of the arcade game and then like a new game and a joystick on the side of the gun that you controlled your movement and shot first person with the light gun. And it was fucking impossible. It was, it yeah. was just, it was a bad D pad to begin with. And it was a right. D pad moving in a 3D environment. Uh, it was so awkward. And I don't think any other game ended up using that peripheral. Not that I'm aware. I mean, when I I have been slowly upgrading this little MAME cabinet that I have at home mm-hmm. for probably 10 years now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. during the, the lockdown, I got serious. I was like, wait a minute. I don't have, you know, like the old light gun solution that I had didn't work. I went and researched it. And if you're doing MAME, there's some great stuff. Imagine a Wii with a sensor bar that yeah. works. Uh, you still have to be seven, uh, six or seven feet away, uh, but it works brilliantly, and it works on HDTVs too because it mm-hmm. is it is reading the sensor bar that you put yeah. on top or underneath. Right. Uh, but that opened up like so many games to me, and suddenly I felt like okay, well that's that's worthwhile. But I don't think that it's like I think that it's easier because there's a you have to calibrate. You don't yeah. the my, the guns that I'm using. You don't have to calibrate uh, a lot. You you do it once and and you're good. And I can get two guns running. But it was two hundred bucks just for these peripherals. 
Yeah. yeah. So, and, and importing it from England because they're one of only two places that really makes really good, like, home uh, light guns. So, yeah, there's yeah. there's a dedication to this, and these yeah. it's easy yeah. for these games to get lost because eventually the arcade machines wear out. I mean, we've all gone and been like, oh, the gun doesn't work. I put a quarter in, and I can't play, you know, House of the Dead or whatever. Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. All right, we'll move on. You know, and it's, it's easy to forget mm-hmm. these games because they're special beasts. Yeah, and I, I had yes. to ask ask my buddy Melendez, like, how how the fuck did we play Time Crisis on the PlayStation? <laughs> and he's like, well, I had the Gun Con, but Namco didn't officially release a pedal. So right. he, in, in like ninety seven, he paid like a hundred and forty dollars for a third party like oh my god rock wow. socket well, uh, pedal and, and gun, and I would use the Gun Con, and we both played two player Time Crisis, and it just. Wow. It's really difficult to recreate that experience, and I love Time Crisis. Wasn't it like the side buttons that let you duck behind cover? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but in the arcade, it was a foot pedal, right? Yeah, right. a pedal. Oh, so yeah. I got a $10 or $20 USB programmable foot pedal, like you would use for a mute button or oh, for neat. transcription. Nice. Sure, Hook yeah, that up yeah. to my main machine, and oh, yeah. light gun with that, I can actually do proper Time Crisis. I'm in heaven. But again, like, it was a hundred bucks for the gun and the sensor, and then another, yeah. like, twenty bucks for the thing, and you've got to figure out how to make it all work on MAME, and yeah. it's not strictly legal, and, and, and. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I just, I, I, I did have a time crisis machine in my garage for a year that I let my friend temporarily. Dan, it was a monstrosity. It was a modded 720 cabinet. With no. time, yes, with time crisis, and he didn't do it, but he bought it. You're just a monster. Like, it had a, it had a, a super industrial pedal that sounded like you know something in a factory every time. Right, kerchunk, satisfying, kerchunk. So I, yeah, I've still, I've still played a ton of time crisis this day. I think it's a great experience that like it's kind of shameful. There's no good way for it to come home, even though I haven't. Yep, I haven't. I, I didn't get. Uh, House of the Dead remastered for the Switch, which you just used the Joy-Cons like Wii remotes. I, mm. I something about that doesn't feel very satisfying. I don't know why, um, but I but I'm also addicted to rebuilding unemulatable experiences previously unemulatable and unemulatable experiences in my house, yep. and uh, that's when I started modding cheapo arcade cabinets and putting crap in my light gun. Machine is kind of my next goal. If Arcade yep. One Up does the right thing and puts out a Time Crisis cabinet, uh, I will definitely pick that up. Possibly even retail. I can't afford retail Arcade One, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll scam it somehow from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Good attitude, Dan. I was rude at the top of the show. Is there anything that you would like people to know about, or where people could find you online? Oh. Uh, well, I I whine about uh, things at Twitter most often at Dan Amrick. But yeah, um, in my personal life, my wife's got a an Etsy shop where we do Star Wars nerdy yeah. crap. That is bit.ly slash Katrin Alk K A T R I N A U C H. Okay. Swap Ninja is still a going concern. I have to learn some bass lines. We have two songs that are in the works, and I just I just haven't made it a priority, but I should. But thank you, Hero Falls. I am finally starting to tell some of the stories behind the songs cool. because I did a really bad job of that. So if you go to Hero underscore Falls on Twitter, uh, you will find the official Hero Falls account. And every once in a while, like when the spirit moves me, I'm dropping like a little, a little character tidbit, a factoid that you can then plug back into the songs that you know, and you can uh, you can download all those for free just for searching for Dan Amrick Hero Falls. You'll find 
Bandcamp. You can download them for free and all that fun stuff. So thank you. You man. heard him here first. He licensed the spirit for Hero Falls. There it is. That's the big news drop. <laughs> Dan got the rights to the spirit. Did I? I don't think I did. No. Just because I was following you very closely the last week, anything to report out of California Extreme? Obviously, I didn't get to go. And yeah, uh, I was at California Extreme. It was just a, a week and a half ago. It was a big. This is Atari's fiftieth anniversary. Yeah. So there was a there was Al Alcorn was there. Owen Rubin, the creator of Space Duel, and wow. Major Havoc was there, and they're finally doing the final ending. They never actually did the ending that they promised they would do for Major Havoc from nineteen eighty three. The, the uh, vector graphics, yeah. the that vector one? graphics, and it, and Major Havoc is an amazingly weird game uh, yes. that is also very difficult to emulate. It used a two-way trackball, a roller. I got uh, my, I got it on my uh, centipede machine. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's part platformer with low gravity. It's part space shooter. It's a really unusual game. And they with said, metal, oh yeah, with you're a very Metal Gear looking logo. I'm not pointing any fingers. Yes, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, but they, they, the, the fiction of the game suggested that you were going to reach this planet and you never reached the planet and they never programmed it. So about five years ago, a fan contacted Owen and said, I want to finish this. Wow. And he, so he, with his blessing, he's like, yeah, so that's called the promised end and they're going to be, uh, I, it's finally done. And so it's starting to get out into the main community now. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was a really good show. It was nice to see everybody again. It was the first real show, uh, you know, in the, they had renovated the ballroom while we were away for COVID. Mm-hmm. So it was back in the original location. We had one last year, but back in the original location, uh, really strong attendance, some really wonderful games, a lot of really obscure games this year mm-hmm. and a ton of Atari games that people have forgotten, like Zybots, uh, Fast mm-hmm. Freddy was there this year for the pinball machines, which are notoriously flammable. Uh, were there and playable for a brief period until they all broke down. You know, stuff like that. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, you're nothing... until they all caught fire. Yeah, no, yeah, I was yeah. expecting them. I was just, I, I that was the joke I was making throughout the week. I'm like, have you tried the Atari pinballs? If you're not sure where they are, just smell for smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't so, know about this. What's oh. Atari did about uh, eight or nine pinballs in the 70s after having success with Pong and Sprint and all those games, they were like, we love pinball, so we want to be involved in pinball. And those guys in Chicago, they don't know what they're doing. You know, the the Bally's and the Williams and the right. that, and the Gottlieb's, <laughs> they're crazy. We're going to show them. So they did it like they built uh, pinball machines in a different way just to be different. And they yeah. put parts like where they shouldn't have put parts so that they would catch fire. And they, they made things harder to service. And they made like... Just shit upside down when it shouldn't have been that way. Just so, what pinball needed. Harder yeah, to service. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, a, a young, uh, two people that used to work for Atari Pinball were Steve Ritchie, who has gone on to become probably the greatest pinball designer of all time, uh, and Eugene Jarvis, who who followed Steve Ritchie to Atari and then followed him right. over to Williams. And Eugene Jarvis, uh, uh, also, you know, creator of Defender and Robotron and uh, Defender, Cruising okay, USA. Yeah. And uh, and one of the most vulgar, wonderful people I've ever had the pleasure to meet. Oh boy! Yeah, nice. he like he he says fuck the way that you and I breathe. Nice. It's he's he's an artist. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a, a very good artist. California Extreme show. Uh, there will be one again next year if uh, if you are considering. Gee, I'd like to visit Silicon Valley. It's in Santa Clara. It's next to the 49ers Stadium, mm-hmm. uh, and it happens uh, generally. The, one of the last two weekends in July every year. If you're looking for an excuse to come visit the Bay Area, make that trip that time. It is worth it's it. It's awesome. Uh, it's like 
two full days of everything is on free play, literally four or 500 arcade games and pinball machines, including stuff that you just have never seen before yep. because they're prototypes that you can only play there. You, you play Biofreaks was there again this Holy year. That shit. is that is unplayable as an arcade game. It is <laughs> I didn't just even know it was is an arcade. It started as an arcade game and it tested so poorly they shoved hmm. it out on N sixty four. So like right. that's the kind of stuff that you will go. Wait, what the fuck is that doing here? And then you know somebody will be like, oh, didn't you know the story about Biofreaks? I, because we all have that accent when we're at California. Oh yeah, let me tell you the story all about the Biofreaks. My favorite yeah. California. Said extreme. nobody's gonna pay twenty five cents for this. <laughs> Let's make them pay eighty bucks. Yeah, yeah, eighty bucks. They'll do that. They'll put it on a cartridge. The kids love that shit. My my favorite uh, Cax memory was uh, seeing. Is it the act like the animated game that you yes. used the knob? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I've yeah. never, I've only oh. like, read about this. Holy shit, I gotta play that. I'm like. It's the Gallagher Laserdisc game! I don't know it, what to do now! <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, the act has never shown up again, and they've never done an official... I think I thought there was an iOS version. There, there was, yeah. And then, and it, then like, it's no it, longer compatible. It's no longer available, yeah, because yeah. it doesn't it, it doesn't work with the current OS. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that, speaking of unemulatable games, yeah. Yeah. And, and I agree, I don't think we should say that word anymore because it's impossible. Unemulatable. That's, that's on my list of, gee, I'd love to be able to play that again. Yeah, especially uh, now but, that I have a fucking quality GRS spinner in my house. Holy right? Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Like, yeah, I've got an Ultimark, and I, I want I want that shit. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk anyway. about light games. Light yeah, gun let's games, talk baby. about light gun games. Do, should we even go to break? Let's, let's. Should we just power through? Wow, we're plowing through. Yeah. I power love it. Power through! So, yeah, not, we're not even going to take a break this week. We're just going to keep yeah. going Woo. straight into... You're welcome. ...top five underappreciated light gun games. And and I, I love that we're making that distinction as though there are light gun games... That people like well, revere and talk about all the time that aren't called duck there hunt. Are. I, yeah, I think House I, of the Dead. I think there are. <laughs> not, not, a, not in a mainstream sense. That's not, but what about like House of the Dead? It gets re, it's okay. it's, it's available Everyone on like, every House platform uh, yes, right now. That's true. Right. And yeah. uh, it's probably on iOS. Yeah, it, uh, Hogan's Alley. Uh, right. Hogan's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Or Wild Gunman. My dad taught me about these. It is Wild Gunman. How do you play this thing? I'll show you, kid. I'm a crack shot at this. You mean you have to use your hands? That's like a baby's toy. <laughs> Slap that plastic that visor right off of later in life. Head. Uh, yeah. that, that kid destroyed the one ring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that, not with his was, hands. That was how 1989 thought kids in 2015 would think about games from 1985. They, it's uh, like a baby's <laughs> toy. The reality is, I will give you $100 for a sealed copy of Wild Gunman. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What What is the grading on that? Is it a 9.6? Is it is it factory sealed or has it been refilled? Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. They never could have predicted the old sad guys like us that would have been collectors who really loved that. Well, I guess that Diner was sort of predicting that, right? It's like, yeah, there will always be a nostalgia crowd oh, yeah. who's yeah. into that shit. Yeah, but nobody ever made Cafe 80s for whatever. It's very sad. Very sad. Uh, let's let's just dive straight into number five. I know Dan knows what this is. So do I. I think this is like one of the oh, first conversations I ever had with Dan. For, it's just one of the earliest conversations I remember having with you. I think if this is the game, I think it is. Wait, no, no, never, Possibly. never mind. Okay, keep going. <laughs> I'm very I think curious there's what two you think horror-themed games on our list, right? Yes. Like, uh, mm-hmm. There were some definite horror. This is, is this zombie yes. uh, raid? This is zombie raid. zombie raid. This is a game I didn't know about prior to you telling me about it, Dan. Yeah. And I found the reason why 
is probably in part because this was a 2D sprite-based light gun game released in 1995, the mm. same year Time Crisis mm. was hitting arcades. Yes. Uh, this this was being put out. Uh, who who did this Sammy. one? Sammy. Sa- oh, Sammy. Right. Sega Sammy. And yeah, I I found out about it last year because I bought those light guns for the main machine, and I just went through and looked online. Like, show me all the light gun games. What are the ones that I don't know? And I was like, what the hell is Zombie Raid? You would think that I would. And I was you know I was working in the press at that time, but I had I have no memory of this game whatsoever. I have only played it at home. And, yeah, it was at a time when we were losing our minds over polygons. So if it wasn't polygons, it's like a baby's toy, right? Exactly. Like nobody wanted sprites. Yeah. So It's like yeah, if it's this... not polygons, it had better look like Mortal Kombat totally 3. Got I was going to say, it's it's either polygons or full motion video would have mm-hmm. been the word of the day in our kids right? back then. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's, so it's not even like Sewer Shark? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Nothing it's like uh, the adventures of Pops Ghostly. <laughs> or, or more like arcades Mad Dog McCree, right? Like yeah. the literal One of my video favorite things about Zombie Raid, uh, first of all, it's super gory. Like you, yes. you sh- It's a shotgun yeah, yeah. controller, so all of the on-screen the cool graphics part. are as if you were shooting somebody with a shotgun. One shot anywhere, like the yeah. body just yeah. explodes open. You just see yeah. all intestines every time you mm-hmm. shoot somebody. It's, but, it's like a Dick Cheney hunting trip. It, <laughs> it very much is. But the credits appear... This is very prescient when you think about Zombieland. The credits appear, and you can shoot the words off the credits. Love that. Uh, The opening credits, by the way. The opening credits, yeah. And I didn't realize that at first. Oh, wow. Yeah, and and I don't know if you... I also noticed I didn't see any score anywhere. I think this is just Hmm. a pure survival shooting game. Get to the next level. Get to the next section. Could be. You might Um, be right because it is... Really difficult. You like you. you I, I, I hit continue a lot on me. You you would have to keep pumping quarters into this thing. Absolutely, unless you were phenomenal. There there are bits where it will just basically keep you in place until you realize like, oh, I need to shoot like this one thing. Like I need to shoot this dynamite that'll make this house blow up, and then these dudes will stop coming out of it. Moments like that. There is a trap at the end where there it, it, it does it does the ghosts and goblins thing where it's like uh, there there are these three crystals hidden throughout the game that you need to find and collect. And and then you have to place them in like this door in a very specific order. And if you don't, a trap door will open. You'll fall into spikes and die, and that will be game over. No continue. <laughs> no, no, that's that's the no ending. quarters. That's it. Yeah, that's the bad ending. Oh, uh, if you get the good ending, however, you get to meet this guy. You must disappear, pal. You must die. Peter Laurie like voice he's calling you pal. Wait, so wait, you're telling me you you could have easily dropped I don't know 20 30 bucks or more into more. this arcade machine mm-hmm. but there was an ending that <laughs> was a bad ending after that. Thank you for yeah. your money. You can yeah. go. Yeah. And it, it will hint at like, "Oh, I think you missed something. Maybe there's something about the order Man. of the crystals that you got wrong." <laughs> but, you know, think of you can just go through all this again. Pump up. pump up whenever yeah, you need to I reload. I was going to ask on the controller, it's, it's a pump shotgun, right? Mm-hmm. So does Correct. it have pump action to reload? Yes. Is... Yep. Yeah. Wow. 
and like uh, at home again this is the perfect game like that's underappreciated in the arcade because it was late it was expensive and it was too detailed like it you had to think about what to do instead mm-hmm. of just shooting everything that came at you just shoot. this is yeah. great to do with maim with infinite quarters because yes. then you can be like, oh, wait a minute. Like, you can drop save points if you want. You can oh, yeah, put yeah. it on free play. Also, you know, whatever you need to do. That first level is, like, ridiculously long. For it a, is ridiculous. It's at least it's like, 10 or 15 minutes yeah, long. Yeah, and, and the boss fight is a big chunk of that. That thing takes up tons of punishment. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, talking about punishment, I actually got kicked out of my local arcade because I did the Terminator 2 reload, and I just flipped the cabinet, and they were like, you're out. Get the fuck out of here with the shotgun. You were very strong. Yeah, I was, I was playing football at the time. I was immensely strong. I believe it. I believe yeah, this, it. This thing looks great. It does look a lot like – it reminds me a lot of – like a if they made Ghosts and Goblins in the Super Punch-Out engine. Yeah, there you go. Just, Matt, giant sprites. The sky is the same color. There's tombstones everywhere. It's just gorgeous. Oh yeah. So yeah. If you shoot the cross tombstones, most of the time they have power ups in them. If you shoot the regular tombstones, that just means they the, the bad guys can't hide behind them. And what's super weird about this is from the beginning, I didn't realize because it's called zombie raid, right? Like you mm-hmm, assume mm-hmm. you're going to be shooting zombies. The bad guys don't really look particularly zombie-ish. They sort of just look like they're guys that were hanging I mean, out at Home Depot ten minutes ago. <laughs> Eventually you get zombies, but yeah, Eventually. like you spend a lot of the time just shooting at guys with guns. Yeah, there was an and unannounced like, zombie raid on my house. They even <laughs> broke into my safe. Yeah. Yeah, it's, terrible. Can, it's, it's oh, a terrible okay. thing. I can't believe yeah. what but, we've come to. But it's got raid. such great voice acting. Thank you saved my life. <laughs> Let's break the monster bones. Let's break some monster bones. I, 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 and I'm, <laughs> I have a really big blind spot for the games of Sammy, but through the help of like Adam and uh, certain arcade projects, they are delightfully weird company that they sort are. of lost their identity yeah. after the Sega merger. Yeah. And they would do yeah. things that maybe weren't the best ideas, but they were always interesting ideas. I forget the name of the game. It's like Metal Slug. But you're on a dolphin the whole time. Like, oh, that's is... a that's a Thomas wave. That was on the Atomus wave. That's Dolphin Blue. Absolutely one of my favorite games in yeah, existence. It's, it's amazing, right. and it's called Dolphin Blue. And yeah, dolphin it's Metal Blue. Slug on a dolphin. You don't need to know more. Uh, <laughs> Metal my... Slug meets Echo the Dolphin. Sweet. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm on board. One of my favorite things about Zombie Raid is in the first couple of minutes, you hit start, and the detective, uh, or the attract mode, he 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 tells you, "My name is Edward. I forget his last name." I'm a miserable detective. Yes. Like this, <laughs> yes, yes. Absolutely the fir- like one of the first things. And I'm like, well, I am in. And so anybody that knows yeah. Zombie Raid, you can immediately go, are you a miserable detective? And they'll get it because <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. like yeah. I've seen so many people refer to it online like, ah, yes, the game of the miserable detective. But I want to know, like, is he miserable like he's unhappy Sad, or is he a or is he really bad like, detective? Poorly skilled. It, it right. Could yeah. be either, it could go like, either way. He, yeah, he does say, like, at the beginning, like, oh, they wanted me to hunt monsters, and I thought that was stupid, but I needed the money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could it could even be, like, miserable as in uh, poverty-stricken. Yeah. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's very true. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. you're giving this game, this game far too so much credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the writing in this is so odd that uh, I wouldn't put anything past it. Can I, can that I just sounds say like that a localization error. Michael laid down some some criteria for this journalistically when we started. Oh, or after a while, like something that either we had a memory of playing or could try and replay, but I'd never yeah. heard of Too Spicy before yeah. today, and that is one of the most interesting looking light gun games I've ever seen. It's like a fight. It's a one-on-one light gun game. It's 
it's like it's what the face-off game should have been. Yeah, it's mm. Time Crisis for two people, one one v one with fighting game mechanics. Yeah, it's super weird. Sega put it out. Uh, no home version was not popular at the time. I think I may have seen it in one arcade, but I like. Michael brought it up three times, and then I looked it up, and I went, oh, that thing! Like, I did not remember oh, yeah. the name Number 2 Spicy. Too it's spicy. As, as, you know, it's as late 90s as you can get, but, right? Yeah, it, no. Very, very stylish. It came out in 2007. It looks oh, my like God. slightly better than a Dreamcast game. Yeah, and, it was probably Naomi Hardware, then. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sure it was. But, but yeah, it's it's interesting because it's like it's not on rails. You have a character, you have like a pedal that goes like right, right and left or pedal. left. Yeah, and you can duck between columns, and you're shooting uh, the columns that your enemy is hiding behind while they're also ducking behind cover and trying to avoid you. I did play this once. So so that's an honorable mention, because there's no way for us to play this to say, like, yes, this is actually cool. I I would love to find another... Like, this is the kind of thing you would find in Gameworks at the time, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like I, I, it's not emulated in Mame currently. I have not seen a, a, a machine since back in the day, and this—it's truly lost right now. This I would love to see a too spicy. If anybody out there has seen a too spicy cabinet, mm. please <laughs> tell us about your experiences in the. Love comments. the name. I love that. Like years later in PUBG, spicy became a term like for like big intense shootouts like oh yeah this is getting spicy like that mm. it came back i want to believe it's because of this <laughs> you're bringing game. spicy back yeah <laughs> too spicy with the number two that's how you know it's from it, well it, this it, isn't from the 90s but it sounds yeah. like a club stefan would name <laughs> <laughs> too spicy, too spicy. <laughs> columns two foot pedals one on this one fighting <laughs> game mechanics too spicy yeah. And an incredibly dated little person spicy. joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that's amazing, but let's move on to... Number four. Another spooky game. Moon, Moonwalk. That's and three suits. <laughs> It's it's shoot Bert, right? Shoot. Like <laughs> just about. It's the Halloween reskin of Small World. Mm-hmm. You're very close, actually, Chris. You know what this is? I do. You do. You... Is this the Bert and Ernie game? This is oh, this the is. violent Bert and Ernie point point, point blank. blank. Yes, <laughs> yes. Very underrated. Only got two sequels and a DS port. Yeah, uh, well, I, I should forgot. say uh, <laughs> a lot of light gun stuff got iOS ports too, because that's mm. oddly enough a pretty decent way to port a light yeah. gun game tap on a screen yeah and because the ds version of point blank was fine for me i was gonna give this i want to give police trainer a shout out you know terrible name to bring up dude it just that game is fun and it's just so bare bones and uninteresting to look at yeah and then i mean that was a that was a conversion kit for so you're not making any more money on area 51 huh yeah so your lethal right. enforcers is toast huh and yeah police trainer suddenly it must have been a really cheap kit because it was ubiquitous, and every, I always saw some. But it playing. was just like this interesting series of mini games, but like really bad, yeah. boring presentation. And Point Blank is the opposite of that. It is like yeah. WarioWare for light guns. It is yeah. that is an excellent way to put it. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's like fun Hogan's Alley, right? We were talking about Hogan's right. Alley earlier, like mm. a, a bunch of kind of more shooting mini games. And, and yeah, like shoot twenty bombs, or only shoot the bombs. Yeah. Don't shoot the white bombs. Protect only shoot the, the black doctor bombs. from the volcanic 
boulders uh, falling on his head. Shoot yeah, those. it's totally I, bloodless. I, I have a clip of that, which actually is oh. torches being thrown from tiki idols while he's tied to a stake. Doctor Dawn and Doctor Dan. Doctor Dawn and Doctor Dan. Are, are the, they, they look the like mascots. NRA Burton Ernie. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> facial yeah. hair. Yeah. yeah. Or like or like Canadians in South Park. Do we like Bert? But do you have another clip? Part not is my like, guy, buddy. <laughs> favorite part Michael sent us like the intro movie and they they laugh maniacally whenever they shoot anything they're so happy to be murdering you just you feel good for they're them. the like, weirdest mascots I love very dearly <laughs> I, I feel like the spirit of Point Blank was so pure and people right. have forgotten like you know because you, you think gun games you think violence yeah. or maybe you think zombie raid right you think gore and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. aggression and this is just purely joyous yeah bloodless it, and 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 it, it it is a shame like it was one of the first things when i got like guns for my main machine i'm like i'm playing point blank and it still lived up to all of my expectations yeah there this was actually ripped off somebody basically cloned it and i forget what it was called it it, it, it was called something that didn't make any sense at all but it was i was like well yeah if you're gonna copy something copy point blank because they really got it right yeah. and a much better japanese title gun bullet is a hilarious name. It, it, <laughs> gun Bullet? It's Gun Bullet in Japan. <laughs> nice. And uh, just a super charming little micro game shooter. Because you literally sometimes have 10 seconds to accomplish a goal that is just thrown in your face <laughs> that you've never encountered before. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I, I do actually wonder, like, did some of the people who worked on this go on to work on WarioWare? Because, uh, like, even some of the music sounds very similar to what you'd, you'd hear in WarioWare. Yeah. Like you could totally imagine hey, playing on. a micro game to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or well, this game like, also the disco guy do a little dance, whatever. It, it also has a strong like flash game aesthetic mm. in certain ways. Like oh, it's yeah. very much like of its time. Like I, for some reason, the image of just chickens keeps popping up in my head. There's a lot of games where you're shooting chickens. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think you ever kill a human. Like no. There's no. like cutouts of humans, yeah. and they're very obviously cardboard cutouts. They have yeah. white borders around them. There's no mistaking that for a human. Yeah, it's a target shooting gallery, and that's it's it's just so much more approachable as a result. It mm-hmm. and of course the guns were like blue and pink and stuff, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, you know, I the, played, the whole I played thing it on was just candy colored and fun. I played on a pink gun con on like a, my friend's sixty inch. <laughs> oh, rear projection. It had that, like, Venetian blind screen thing going on. Oh, man. Sorry. I, I hated those TVs. Even even people who could afford nice TVs had to suffer somehow. Back you know what I hated? Not the rear projection. I hated the front projection TVs that look like arcade cabinets. Like, they literally had the RGB lights in front of the screen. And it's like, <laughs> those are so weird. I don't know why, but, yeah, but that seems like a good way to play this, honestly. Play, playing yes. point blank on a screen like that was so much fucking fun and it's uh, also one of those things that tends to get non-gamers really excited because mm-hmm. it's and I don't I, I don't just mean women I mean like like kids parents like uh, it's a totally it's charming interface yeah and uh, and it's instantly readable as oh that's what you do cool yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't need any tutorial at all very easily understood everybody knows how to point a gun 
just yeah. instinctively. We're, in we're America, born with that knowledge. This is, yeah. yeah, this is... Because <laughs> when you say your target will be parachuting from the top of the screen, they're literal targets parachuting from the top of the screen. You can, mm-hmm. It just, it's, I think it's beautiful. It is wonderful. It is if a police trainer had a personality, and yes. I, I, I sort of wish there was something Namco could still do with these characters, because if you... You're really bored right now. Go watch just the intro to Point Blake One, Two, or Three, and it's them riding the world on a bullet, shooting things, mm-hmm. but, but but non-lethally. Uh, it's it's hysterical. A funny so, gun game. You're talking about Police Trainer. This is my honorable mention. I wanted to ask Dan: Have you ever played Police Nine One One? I have, place? and I did not like it. <laughs> it's and like I'll, early connect, right? It's like it detects yes. your body movements. It was to dodge one of the bullets. The very first arcade games. It was Konami, right? Um, I, I think so. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I think so. Yeah, the idea was that it was a it was a gun game, but you had to dodge bullets in real time. So, like twenty seconds into this, Hell you had yeah, to sit. You had to stand within a uh, within a, a, a zone where the sensors were able to read your body movements, and it would want you to completely like just squat all of a sudden, and not just lean, but like get the hell out of the way. And Do twenty seconds into it, yeah, I was exhausted. <laughs> I was like, my knees, I can't handle this. Uh, so yeah. I saw a lot of people play it once. Johnny. Yeah. yeah. So you it's know. like a lot of VR VR fitness experiences. You're like, yeah. I can do that one one time. I'm done. Yeah. Uh but it, it was very novel and there was a sequel. There was a there was a sequel to Police Nine One. Police nine one two? Yeah. Yeah, I believe that's what it was called. Police nine one one two, which is hilarious. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I, I like I guess the, the uh overseas title is Police twenty four seven. Which oh, yeah, because nine nine one one wouldn't make sense outside. That's what the Japanese yeah. call when there's an emergency. Police all the time. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> police eight days a week in England. <laughs> Japan's like the only place I would believe all police go to bed at eight o'clock and you yeah. just won't see a cop. Thank you for not doing any more crimes tonight. <laughs> Please yeah. keep crime to a minimum. <laughs> I also need to rest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the criminals that does no crimes between yeah. eight p.m. Right. and seven a.m. Criminals unload their guns, carefully put yep. them in velvet exactly. cases, lock them up, go to sleep, put on a little nightcap. Exactly. And that's, yes. yes. In the morning. <laughs> Deeply embedded in Japanese culture. <laughs> I know Japanese culture. Come on. Dr. Don, Dr. Dan need to come back. Oh, they, I did see. I had no idea there was an arcade game about five years ago, Point Blank X. Mm. That came Don't out. Know. Sure, and, that, uh, that, that checks out. Calling uh, something X five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Point but it, I, I, there's not a lot of footage of it online because I, I maybe it also may be hard to emulate, and uh, it kind of looks like it hasn't changed at all, but not in like a good way. Uh, <laughs> like these might be some of the old levels. I mean, it doesn't. Game? How much does it really need to yeah, change? Need like, just change? give it a, I mean, like, a, a new like, code of you definitional want paint. New surprises in a Wario world. Sure. Just yes. think of it like that. Yeah. That's like when they up, update a Buck Hunter game. You're like, yo, what? Did, do we have another season of, of Bucks born here? Come on, it's the same. Ah, uh, the problem is that Point Blank X is not just a video game; it's a redemption game because that's oh, the way it? that. Yeah, that's the way oh. that arcades have gone. Unfortunately, is oh yeah, yeah. Everything has to spit out tickets for David. Busters, so yeah, uh, the it, it is uh, also you can make it work with Time Crisis Five. It's based on the same platform. Oh, wow. So oh, shit. yeah, I did not know that this came out, but that that totally explains. We blank X, uh, but we yeah, that's X. one of the, it's one of my favorite unsung series in general. Uh, from that, just that it felt like Namco was like the dominant third party developer on the PlayStation. I just. Mm-hmm. Really know what the fuck happened to that company, but uh, 
they they define so many great experiences for me on the PlayStation, including being making the leading gun peripheral on. Uh, uh, yep, for that system. GunCon was a great peripheral. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also like the uh, what was it the Negcon. The driving mm-hmm. controller that you twisted in the middle. Oh. I was the only person at GamePro that liked that controller. I was just like, <laughs> I am reviewing all the games on this. And they're like, you held up your I'm hands like, like you're you holding a bop it. What is? What are you doing? I loved it. <laughs> you you twist in the middle. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like basically the wheel. It was a disc in in between oh. the D pad and the buttons. So for Ridge Neat. Racer, it was an analog steering control that you would just twist your hands like that. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, you know, left or right, or you know, forward or back. And that would that would twist it left or right. Chris, and you know what to do. Once you got the Slap hang it. of it, it was great. Bop it. Slap it, flip it, yeah. bop it. You know, Twist you know it. how this goes, Chris. It's a Neg con commercial. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you if you had a gun con like that, supported a lot of light gun games on PS One, even ones not made by Namco, like mm-hmm. our number three. Sire, the second excavation research unit at the Guate Mountains has been destroyed. Is the cause known? Was it the Republic? Unconfirmed reports indicate that the Republic was not responsible. Then who is responsible? It seems to be one or two armored individuals. Only two? They are said to be armed with incredible weapons and headed to Owato. One or two, depending on how many people are playing the game right. currently. <laughs> is Was that Prince? Uh, I mean, yeah, right? Yeah, he, he, that's just not enough detachment. Yeah, just enough like, detachment from the role to be like, hey, what, what's Prince doing in here? I like yeah, that. Great voice. Well, it is a Prince. Uh, Prince Bell Kane, I believe, in uh, mm. in Elemental Gearbolt. What? Ah, yes. The hell? I'd never heard of this before we proposed this show. It's and cool, it's cool name. Yeah, so this, this is a game I remember. I played a lot back in the day on PlayStation 1. Barely remembered anything going back into this. And came back to it and it's like, oh, okay. So it's like the the hook of this is that it is a light gun shooter slash, well, I, I'm not going to say slash RPG, with RPG elements. Because at the end of every stage, uh, you get a bunch of bonus points and then you get the decision like, do you want to feed these into your score? Or do you want to use them to become more powerful, to increase the power of your attacks and give you more health? And unless you're, like, planning to uh, participate in a 1990s-era contest that Working Designs is putting on, I have no idea why you would want to feed that into your score. I'm not starring in the fucking wizard here. I don't give a (laughs) shit about my score. Exactly. Yeah, this was Working Designs, right? Yeah, Working working Designs brought it over. I think it might have been Konami originally, or at least it, like, Hmm. in, in Japan it only used uh, Konami's light gun accessory, which, like, Hmm. almost no games used. Um, it's like his first party in Japan. Oh, okay. I uh, did review this back in the day. Wow. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't remember where I was working. It might have been Flux, it might have been uh Digital Diner. I guess it was Digital Diner, which nobody knows, uh, but that's how I met Andy Eddie. Um mm-hmm. and they gave me a very special edition of this game. Oh yeah. With a gold plated, actual gold plated gun con. Wow. In a in a case that had Elemental Gear Bolt embossed on it. It has become known as the Assassin's Case. And I kept that around for a couple of years, and it started to get dented. And at some uh. point during one of my purges, I sold it. Now, Working Designs was one of those companies that was, like, really sensitive about this kind of stuff. Because yeah. mm. I remember reviewing Popful Mail, yeah. and I had to... They sent me a copy that was a final retail copy that had come from another journalist that was reviewing it 
And then when I was done with it, I had to send it on to the next journal. Like there, literally one wow. retail copy. Retail was copies, not wow. even a wow. Yeah. Uh, they did the same thing for Lunar. And I loved those games. I thought they were really good. I gave them really high reviews. But like to find out like no one was allowed to ever divest of these elemental gearable things. No, no, you're you're, gonna... sp- you're supposed to cash in the briefcase to get a shot at the belt, Dan. Everybody right, I know, yeah, that. I know. Like so when That's a wrestling joke. When man. people found out that I had one, like collectors were like, Would you be willing to sell it? And I'm like, I don't I don't know. Like I'm not gonna use it and the gold plating that took like literally six months for them to deliver this deluxe edition after saying yeah. we're gonna give you one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had a competition for it. So like it was, you know, there was other people the press got them as just tchotchkes, but they're like out in the real world, like this was a prize right. that people were gonna like kill yeah. each other for. And so I had one and like, you know, I wound up selling it uh, for like 300 bucks or something like that. Oh. It's probably worth about three grand now, maybe more. Yep. That PR uh, manager died a little inside when you did I, that. Yeah, I, I know. I bought, and, a, and I, I bought an inbox copy of Rad Racer from Dan. I just wanted to remind him about right now. Oh, uh, Christ. Did I sell you that? Oh, my with God. A, with a power glove. <laughs> oh, God. I'm an idiot. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it went to a, a good home. I had a sealed power glove that I sold to somebody else. I think it might have been Chris Kohler, believe it or not. You had a power um, glove for yeah. seals? I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. yeah, it was a power flip, and it was <laughs> just it was epic. The seal just uh, throws away. This fucking oh, thing Daniel. doesn't work. Oh, <laughs> yeah. even put it in a oh, protective case. Oh, wow. uh, well, I'm glad, I'm glad you took care of it. But Elemental Gearable was, at the time, I, I, I thought it was an amazing game because, and, and I'm sorry, Michael, like, maybe it's not strictly an RPG, but it was definitely mm-hmm. marketed as, like, Oh, it's a light gun, but it's an RPG. It's like something we've never seen before. And that's true. We've never seen anything like it since. There hasn't really been a light gun. It was a, otherwise a rail shooter. You know, it was the same with, with same, full uh, animated cutscenes. Like, impressively yeah. With cut full scenes. anime, yeah. yeah. Full, and what we called at the time, Japanimation yeah, cutscenes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 like, it has actually a fairly convoluted mythology to it. Oh, absolutely. Like, that, like, you're, what? Anime You're playing as, like, what? there are these two uh, women who are, like, rebels, who are uh, hybrids between these two types of people, and their corpses are, like, they're killed in battle, and their corpses are being transported to the capital, and then there's this uh, network thing self-destructs, and it imbues their bodies, like, it, it, their corpses reanimate and become, like, these armored fighters, and, you know, single-mindedly bent on destroying this uh, computer network made of living brains. And uh, you're playing as the reanimated corpses of these women. And uh, you get to it to fly around. Like, it is, by PlayStation 1 standards, this is a beautiful game. It's, it, uh, it, it's it, amazing. It looks like a Panzer Dragoon saga or yes. like a really rudimentary Nausicaa. Uh, yeah, I, like, I love the look it, of this. It has a lot in common with Panzer Dragoon, like especially the like the the huge sense of scale as you're flying around. Uh, like you 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 know you're you're in big open areas where like enemies are very far away. There's one part where you're taking out this like I think research base or something that is gigantic and like floating above everything, and you just sort of like fly around it slowly and and take pot shots at it. Uh, there is a giant leaping. Sea serpent at one point that you have to blast away at. It's jumping in and out of water. Oh. 
also kind of interesting that you have like three different weapons you can switch between at any time. There's like the straightforward one-shot gun that is pretty powerful and is good for most things. There's like a lightning blast and like a, a, a like a handful of missiles that actually like take a second to connect with their target, but are, are a bit more powerful and can cover a, a much bigger area. Yeah, it is. It is a really interesting game and yeah. you know getting back into it, it's like wow this plays amazingly like compared to a lot of the other games that i was playing for research for this like there's a lot of enemy variety there's a lot of environmental variety i, I, I think unlike any other game on our list this is the only one developed strictly for the home there is no arcade mm. version yeah. of this yeah so it's yeah. developed by those Spoiler standards alert. someone is going to spend more than 20 minutes with this and so we might have yeah. want to have more than 20 minutes so that content. you would you would spend more than 20 minutes it, it you're right i mean and this is a game that you don't need the light gun for they did support controller mm. natively yeah so if you didn't have a gun controller you could still play it with a d-pad and uh Ooh. and and the Ooh. face buttons on a standard playstation controller mm. no don't do that but it's it's absolutely yeah there's there's i can't think of another game like elemental Gearbolt and it's absolutely worth revisiting. Yeah. It's underappreciated, but deserves to be like reevaluated now. And yeah. yeah, how can you say that it's convoluted when everything that you'd mentioned in the plot was right there in the name? Elemental Gearbolt. <laughs> if you don't understand that. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, you don't understand what an Elemental Gearbolt is yeah. and why you are one? And uh, Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Do you not speak Radiant Silver <laughs> Gun? Not. Hello. Know. You know, th yeah. that's the thing. Like, for the longest time, Lapsing when people said heroes. Radiant Silver Gun, I thought they were they meant this. I thought this was Radiant uh, Silver Gun. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to devise a plan that just on my deathbed, Elemental Gearbolt be the last thing I say. And hopefully there'll be no internet, <laughs> and it'll create confusion right. yeah. forever. Well, think was of, that think the name of, of his sled? <laughs> I understood that reference. Think of all the the great voice acting that people could imagine you're referencing with that. Why are you so indecisive? Don't you think now is the time to attack the traitorous rebels of the Republic? Hey! Your Majesty, perhaps it would be prudent to lower your voice. <laughs> That's Prince. Listen, that is the women of the Republic are as beautiful as your mother. And ours for the taking. <laughs> Excuse me. I must be going. That is, that is such a Prince. That really Calm does down. sound like Prince. We have to attack. Well, I've already had a perfect new uniform created for our military. Oh, he's just like his mother. Oh, is this Bane from the Harley Quinn just series? Like oh, I had a perfectly good thing built for my new military. Uh, that one sounded a little bit like the principal from Ferris Bueller. Yeah. That, that, is, <laughs> that is the prince's oh. father, uh, who he then overthrows later in the game, literally just shoots him in the fucking back. We must escape! We're under attack! Until this moment, you toiled beneath the cowardly pig who exploited the masses. Now cast aside his memory and bow before one with the vision of our future. Now then, the time has come to show our true strength. And I have a plan. Ah, such great voice. I take it back. <laughs> that, that king sounded like Jonathan Lithgow. That's who it is. Oh, yes, yeah, it sounds like yeah, John Lithgow. Yeah. yeah, the Gearbolt. We love the Elementals. We love the Gearbolt. <laughs> we have a plan. Yeah. You, you've been living under the under the guise of this pig. Mm -hmm. I love that. Just just a full on shotgun blast. Like we <laughs> love our gun cons. We in love case you're wondering, I shot him in the back. Like there's, there's no <laughs> no doubt. right in front of you all, and yeah. And everybody okay. immediately is like, yeah, okay, I, I like this this Prince Bill oh, King guy. We've been waiting for like decisive action. Yeah. 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 
Uh, anyway, let's move along to something a little more straightforward and a little less mythological. Number two. That's it. Watch out. Die Hard with a Vengeance from Die Hard Trilogy. No! Ray Tango and Gabriel Cash. Might as well be. It's it's basically channeling that. This is Lucky and Wild. This was my my last minute entry that I'm like, how do we not have this ridiculous Uh, game on? Because I forgot. I thought of it at the beginning when we started talking about it, and then I just strayed, and I'm really glad you brought it back up because I feel like this is probably one of the most underappreciated arcade games. No home port. An unbelievably good co-op two-player experience in the arcade, yeah. and required two monitors. Like it's it's just a, it's a rare game, so it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't common to find it unless you went to a big arcade. Really, I, I, yeah, this is the one super- the, the most ubiquitous as far as my arcade experience. Really, oh, I've, yeah. I've never seen one of these in the wild. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, I've, no I've pun totally intended. Have you seen one in the lucky? I've never been lucky enough to see one in the wild. <laughs> there we go. Thank you for. Bringing that home, man. Which I think, uh, Dan, you pointed out that, like, oh, yeah, the abbreviation of this is Law, Lucky and Wild. No, that was oh. Nazim. I, I never oh. realized that. It, it's so, yeah, if we oh, haven't was been that, was that enough, c- No, that was Cinemassacre. That was the Cinemassacre video. You th- this, is, this is a buddy comment, or, or a cop buddy game, basically, Absolutely. where it's, it's one. one cash. It's, it's Tango and Cash, where one of the guys is the driver. And one's the shooter. Well, You're you can both. also you can be the driver and shooter. You can exactly. you can one hand it, yes. or 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 one of the guys can just man both fucking Uzis. By the way, you can one hand the Uzis in this game. Where it's there's nothing like it. Like it is a yeah. cross between a driving game and a light gun game. Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. A, a two seater. Yeah, you you sit next to each other, and yeah, it's uh, oh yeah that that and that was the really special part because the, the actual cabinet is moving and shaking at, at the same time oh shit is it really yeah wow. like it it's it, it's pretty out there like if you look up what the actual cabinet looked like uh yeah it was it was an instant draw because it was like it seemed like outrun advanced it looked yeah. sort of like yeah. outrun yeah. It, it, it is guns. that tech right because it's not 3d it is it's 2d sprites it's with 2. kind 5, of the illusion yeah. of, of 3d and actually they pointed out on that cinemasker video i i never would have thought of this they're like you can see the heroes' faces in the rearview mirror yes, at all times in this game. And, yeah, this and they are pre- reacting to everything that's going on. Like, if they go, you know, if they smash into something, they go, they, ah! Like but this is pre-Wolfenstein 3D. This is pre-Doom, where, like, that well, wasn't common yeah, to n- see. Yeah, 93, so I think the same year as same, Doom? Yeah, same era. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's yeah. Uh, pretty impressive tech for the time, and, and yeah, they, they quip. It's just like any cop buddy picture. Like, they, they quip, they, they have... One one has sort of this like surfer dude personality, and mm-hmm. and one is more the straight laced cop. It's Tango and Cash, right? It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. E- yeah. Even though it's, it's actually I, called I also, in Japan, it's a uh, what Don and Ponch. It's just named after the Chips guys. No, oh, no, shit. no. They he like in that in that Cinemassacre video that we're drawing from. Uh, they talk about that. like that the creator who says he never saw Tango and Cash was inspired by Chips, which in Japan was just known as Joe and Ponch. And that oh. he, he wanted it to have the protagonist's names in the title. Sidebar: I learned today that Chris Pine's dad is Paunch or, or John or one one of what? the Chips guys. Yes, I had no idea. Yes, yeah. just this is one today. of the games that I was really happy to get running on uh, on my main cab because I've got a foot pedal for the gas because you oh, need yeah. a foot pedal for the gas. 
Uh, it had gas and brake, and I, when I play at home, I'm just like, who, whoever uses the brake, right? Yeah, matter. what? It's, it had a gun for the driver and a gun for the passenger, mm-hmm. and I've got a Star Wars yoke that yeah. I use as a 270-degree steering wheel for games like oh, OutRun yeah. and Turbo and this. So I can do this, but I have to be sort of far away from my screen for the gun to register correctly. Mm, so right. I'm sort of like shooting the gun as if I'm holding a bow and arrow. Oh, like shit. Gotta, He's holding keep the You guys can't see this at home. Dan's holding eyes. it sideways, gangster style. He is no, going no, no, no. to blast it next to his your ear. ass. No, like he's, like, <laughs> yeah, he's about to, to my like he's about to throw it at Superman. <laughs> like he's about I, to go <laughs> deaf if he would actually shoot again. Because yeah. <laughs> I've got to steer with my left hand, shoot with my right hand, but my right hand is back near my ear. And I've also got to like have the the the, the uh, gas pedal under it works yeah um he, he does that it, with his dick he presses the gas pedal with his dick it's <laughs> it's insane well they did used to call me tripod but still the thing <laughs> is i don't understand why this game did not get a home version because it's the ultimate in couch co-op even yeah. if yeah. you had to say yeah, okay yeah. you steer with a standard controller and you shoot with a standard controller <laughs> Uh, you know, like the the player one, Lucky, would not be able to both aim and steer because you, Lucky, has two controllers, right? Mm-hmm, it's right. it's a gun that's mounted to the dashboard, yes. but that you can move around. Uh, so it's not free. It's not free floating. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and the other player could have an actual light gun. Yeah. Or, you know, like this could have been done even on sixteen bit hardware. Could have been done, and they didn't. And I've never figured out why. And that's why it's just sort of like it's lost because if you don't find an arcade cabinet or if you're not crazy enough to try to make it work at home, mm-hmm. you know, with, with a significant investment mm-hmm. in a home arcade cabinet, what do you, where the hell are you going to find this? To, like it's to Cal Extreme. This, this cabinet. It is no, a, it's never even been at Cal Extreme. And what? I look for it every year. I do. It never shows up. It's, it's a California wow. Extreme. It's a big cabinet with a lot of moving parts. And it's. Yeah. It's, and two dedicated CRT monitors. Yeah. You know, like, right, oh, my God, right. it's. Kind of a nightmare, probably technically, to keep it running. But yeah, this this has a real strong place in my heart, and I, and I feel terrible that I I didn't remember it after the initial blast. It was like, oh well, our number one game is the first thing that I said. I'll die on this hill, and then right. number two game I immediately thought, but did not say Lucky and Wild. Mm. So. It, it, it's this game though. <laughs> It's almost like when when we were designing games on the playground with our buddies as kids. Like, this is the kind of bullshit we would think of. Like, okay, imagine it's a driving game, but you also have a fucking gun, bro. Look at this gun before. I want a gun, too. Can I ride shotgun? You can literally ride shotgun with a shotgun. It's about as satisfying (laughs) as as driving and shooting gets, because, like, as good as GTA is... Uh, I always been. How worst. do you drive and shoot? Well, it's almost impossible to do. You do a drive by. You literally have to drive by and you spray, spray and, and spray. Yeah, yeah. yeah I or, take or my that. foot off the gas and then start aiming and then go up <laughs> and take off again. Yeah. And, and, and when this you, needs to come back. Like somebody you, needs to revive Lucky and Wild in I a way agree. that modern players can can play it in the co op couch co op experience that it was intended to be. Yeah. I, I really think this is a this is a shame yeah. that this has been lost to time. I, I wish Namco would release some kind of like plug and play light gun, just package or something like that. That would, that would be, be wonderful. Nice. Mm. Would, yeah, uh, or go the arcade one up route. They've worked with them plenty. Uh, sure, big light gun extravaganza because this thing is really, really, really neat and just totally embodies everything about eighties culture. That's wonderful. 
It's outrageous, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, truly, <laughs> truly, truly outrageous. Yeah. But every every level begins with the main characters getting their windshield shot out, and so then they have to chase and shoot a bunch of guys, and you're steering to avoid obstacles on the road, and they're throwing grenades at you constantly, and then you always uh, apprehend a live suspect at the end, and then you get to hear some of the best voice acting this side of Last Alert. Give it up. You sure do make life difficult. <laughs> And uh, between so levels, you, you take your car to the pink cat garage to oh, get repaired, no, yeah. is... which is staffed basically by Hooters waitresses. <laughs> and so th- this garage, all the mechanics are like hot girls in hot pants with like cat ears and tails. One of them serves you drinks and you see the faces of the protagonists like making, you know, smoochy faces. And then they leave the uh, the rearview mirror, and they come back, and they're, like, covered with lipstick marks. Yeah. yeah. That's only if you do well. If you don't do well, you don't get the kisses. That's it's, true. Uh, That's it's true. a Joke's progressive game in that way. Wild yeah. wants to get lucky. <laughs> and lucky wants to get wild. <laughs> I'm saying they're kissing each other. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, oh, this is not an elemental gearbolt situation where I, I already automatically understand what you meant. Lucky wants to show Wild his elemental gearbolt. Why bolt. do you always have to make love difficult? <laughs> he wants to get him at point blank range and show him his elemental gearbolt. Oh, well, let's see, I have another sound. Watch out. Get him! Fuck yeah, dude. This. Oh, it's everything you want from a buddy cop game. Yeah. I will watch that movie. It's fucking, it's way better than the Fast and Furious spinoff. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. everything you want from a buddy cop movie, but at 25 cents at a time. I live my life a quarter at a time. At a time. <laughs> Instead of so my cool. life. Two buddies Man, in a car chasing down a monster truck and shooting it until it rolls over. <laughs> it's like It's so good. There's awesome moments. That, that That's not a moment I've experienced in any other game. It's, it's, no. it's no. so cool. And the Fuck bad guy is named Big Cigar. <laughs> yeah, actually, Chris, we unknown. experienced that together this year in the Turtles game. Remember, there's that monster truck boss just saying. Oh, yeah, that's true. Right. But we didn't do it in first person. It's we true. fucked that guy up twice. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, it's time for... Welcome to the haunted house. It's a ghoul who lost her head. If you'd like to stay and join us, you're always welcome, alive or dead. Appreciate that transition straight into gameplay from the cutscene. Yeah, but, I, uh, I want the crypt keeper to fucking murder that guy for stealing his <laughs> shtick. Man, this is carnival. Mm-hmm. Carn evil. This is one of my. This is well. This was my number one right away. I was like, well, there's a cult around this game. This yeah. is one of but, the first games I remember you talking about. Yeah, when I met this you. came out. I'm not kidding. October 31st, 1998. Perfect. Wow. Arcades are basically dying. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So that's why Carnival is largely underappreciated because, uh, like, just the market was drying up. Uh, this was based off of 3DFX hardware. Those of you that are super nerds, this was the Seattle hardware uh, that Midway used for a lot of their later <laughs> games. Uh, I think the grid was also based on Seattle, uh, the name of that chipset. It is picture like Tim Burton crossed with the Garbage Pail Kids. That's the <laughs> best way I can explain this <laughs> sure. aesthetic. Yeah. It is hyper-violent, 
really honestly, earnestly disturbing. Yeah. Uh, scary clowns are, are a thing. They're really yeah, scary. Yeah, scary clowns, uh, amusement parks, uh, zombie soda jerks throwing coin, corn dogs at you, mm-hmm. broken jerks. roller coasters that you are forced to ride because it is a pre-rendered... Uh, you know, background that you're you're you're, oh, you're going through broken roller it's... coasters that you are not just forced to ride, but that have their own theme song. Yes. What? This is like when you ride. It's like grim grinning ghosts. Yeah. Also, this is in the middle of a Christmas themed level. Yes. <laughs> Where you're fighting elves like, on yeah. a roller coaster with a, with the Christmas theme with the, the Christmas theme music. This whole game is is insane. Yeah, uh, big the big Paul Bunyan themed roller coaster with a giant Paul Bunyan statue and that that music and it plays for a while. You fight some dinosaurs in like egg shaped teacups and then it goes back to the Christmas stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and that's just one of the three paths that you can play through this game mm-hmm. because oh, there's, there's a fun three? house track. Oh, wow. There's a haunted house track. And then there's there's something there's a third track I don't know but yeah this is you, this is absolutely the kind of game that you would need to keep pumping quarters into this was another shotgun game so you would yeah. you would mm-hmm. actually you know pump the shotgun to reload uh, it is it is probably the most graphically disturbing game because it's it's polygonal yeah but it's yeah. also kind of limited in its polygons so it becomes this yes. abstraction. Where everything is distorted, so they just leaned into the fact. Well, we can't make it look realistic, and maybe we shouldn't. So it looks horrific. It, it looks yeah. like if everything in Coraline was also sharp. Yes! Oh my god, that's a really <laughs> yes. good. That's a really good thing. And the bosses huh. are are insane. The, there's there's okay. First of all, in the operators menu, one of my favorite things here is that you can turn on or off the food court being like hyper violent and distru- and disgusting like you you can obviously you can adjust the blood level you can make the blood whatever color you want green or purple or red uh so that you know you can try to tone it down a bit but just the the content is every single scene is a different legitimate nightmare including mm. like a giant marie antoinette that you have to blast through yeah a, an enormous wearing bondage z- gear by the way yes under uh, her and, dress an enormous uh, uh, the baby level is what got me junior and mm. and junior you can adjust whether whether it's a, kind of a realistic human looking baby or not uh, it's just I cannot tell you this is one of the few games that really made me go I, I kind of want to get through this level just so I can stop seeing this horrific imagery <laughs> it is an it is an intentionally disturbing horror game my mind has to see me murder this thing otherwise it's going to stay in my head exactly (laughs) with no home port and everybody thought it was going to come out for dreamcast at the time no home port dreamcast maybe there i i had heard that they were considering a dreamcast port but this came out late 98 it it sort of got a home port on dreamcast did it oh it was the ripoff kiss psycho circus like basically is ripping off this game it was an fps i think it wasn't a yeah that doesn't count that doesn't count it's Uh, it's, yeah this might have also been like the first big penetration of the krampus into mainstream like american pop culture my name is krampus he he says in german Presumably, it's hard to tell over all the shotgun blasts. But, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, now this this game also sort of got ripped off later, I guess. Like you call it an homage, like that. So oddly enough, Until Dawn had that VR game, mm. Rush of Blood, which is basically yeah. just a a horror roller coaster. It's it's like a shooting gallery roller coaster, it's not unsimilar to this game. But I don't know what that had to do with the original Until Dawn, but uh, that uh, that is a real thing. I, I do. Um, because if you play it, it becomes obvious that, like, oh, this is all unfolding in the mind of a specific character ah. in Until Dawn. And it's, like, reflecting his mental state during the events of the game. It's, ah. it's actually much more interesting than just a shooting gallery. But, uh, yeah, anyway, that's that's beside the point. Carnival, like, yeah, it did, it did not, in, I don't think it invented the Dark Carnival aesthetic. I think that was very much a thing throughout the 90s. Uh, but yeah. I think it's, it's a very, it's a, a kind of a Western concept, which is why you never saw it mm. in most, mostly Japan developers were making light gun games. It, uh, this is like Midway's foray into polygonal light gun games after making pretty successful T2 and Revolution X. Yeah. And Revolution it, it, X. The wiki says it, it was more successful in the arcades than Mortal Kombat 4 in the year it came out. It, that could be because Mortal Kombat 4 had a notoriously difficult launch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and honestly, they shipped 4 before they were really done with it, and it took two more uh, code updates for and arcade right. operators were unhappy. So it's very possible yeah. that since Carnival worked the way that it was supposed to. My favorite piece of trivia from Carnival is that the opening and yeah. ending cinemas were directed by Tim Miller, who went Blur. on to do Deadpool. Yep. Yeah. No oh, shit. Yeah. Deadpool studio. 1 yeah. director, Tim, Pool, uh, Tim Miller. Yeah. So pretty pretty interesting background to it. But yeah, I don't. Th- I think you're right. I don't think it invented the Dark Carnival, but it fully embraced Dark Carnival. And yeah. uh, for those of you who have seen the, the movie Insert Coin about Midway's 90s period, mm-hmm. this is not addressed, but the spirit that fed it is, because they talk about T2, uh, they don't talk about RevX, but they talk about the fact that they felt like there was no such thing as too much mm. in the 90s at Midway. So, like, what can we do to take it beyond? What can we do to take it beyond? This is absolutely, like, if you thought NARC was shocking, and then if you thought Mortal Kombat fatalities were shocking, this was just the next, like, okay, fine. Right. Sega, you did House of the Dead? That's cute. We are going to blow your fucking <laughs> mind by actually blowing up people's fucking minds. You know, like, mm. it was it was the, 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 the pinnacle of too much is never enough for Midway. And this is the the one game where I go maybe too much was en- was enough you know like I, I want to know the deal deserved. though with the food court setting like do you think that was like literally depending on how close your Aladdin's castle was to the food court it's it, like yeah, it as an operator you might want to disable that scene I mean it could they are not Midway was they had a lot of fun you know like making the game so that could have just been a joke but it could have been feedback that they got in an AMOA show or something like that or an Acme show where they yeah. showed it and people were like I can't I can't put that in the bowling alley next to the snack bar right you know like yeah, exactly. people are going to physically there's like so many disturbing insects that you shoot here like mm. weird little yellow greenish bugs that fly at you and then explode in like pus you know i mean like shooting I, shooting a giant baby is still like shoot well, shooting a giant baby is, is still like Oh my God! Please don't make me do That's this. That's something you that know. would make anybody. You know, most people over forty cry in a bowling alley. They would be calling the yeah. news. If- yeah, like <laughs> right. you. This this was totally the kind of game that would cause like parental groups to say these games have gone too far. And I think that was Midway's point: was oh, you haven't seen too far, fuckers. Guess, we are going to yeah, nail was, you to the wall. Arcades 
that business was sort of going away, but it still didn't even have any form of self-regulation. Tell anybody no. This had lifelike violence strong. Like for those of you that know the the, the AAM, uh, the, the 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 voluntary uh, sort of. Uh, uh, there was a rating system for their version of games. the ESRB. Yeah. yeah, and there was like I have a flyer for it, and occasionally you would find you know the stickers on the on the games. There were maybe nine levels, uh, and very rarely did you get the red sticker of lifelike arcade violence strong. Wow. Um, <laughs> this was one that actually earned that. I'm kind so. of surprised because like especially by today's standards, it's very cartoony. It's like, absolutely over the top cartoony, yeah. but yeah. it's still like there's. Something about that fucking Calliope music, man. Yeah. It haunts my yeah, dreams. Uh, but yeah, now it's kind of tame. We've seen so much worse in interactive. Oh, you know, we've sure. seen Manhunt. You know, we've yes. seen like all kinds of like, oh my god, that's way too real. This is not real, and yet it's as far into the I'll, disturbing of the Dark Carnival they, fantasy that I think they try get. and make it real because like there's there's how, how do you even say that like intricate blood report anywhere you shoot somebody you see like a <laughs> bloody true. spot so like. This is surreal, nightmare for Christmassy. Oh no, there's real blood that I caused uh, on the specific yeah. mm. spot that I shot, <laughs> and then you can. Sh- if you're emulating this, you can shoot people so much, and people just blow to oh, bits. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, this is playable. Um, we we, I, we didn't talk about this before, but this is playable on Mame. Uh, I think you can do this with a trackball or a mm-hmm. mouse. Mm-hmm. Some games you, you can, you can do it with can. a mouse. It okay, it took good. me some doing. I'll say that. Yeah. Like. Had to it's not find, the easiest game to set up. No, find like the right version of Mame to work with the files, and then it's like, oh, now it's not tracking the mouse. Oh, you have to go into the game's menu and manually calibrate the mouse as the gun. Right. I that will not works. play this in my house. I will not play this with a mouse. With a mouse. I but will not play this with a I, weevil. I will I, not play this, Carnival. I. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that's boy. Clever. boy. He's been writing that the last five minutes. Uh, five seconds. <laughs> I, I love how on the nose the name of the, the final boss is. Do you remember what it was, Dan? I do not. Professor Ludwig von Tokentaker. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay. Spelled with, with four oh, Ks. Yeah. That's, my, that's my stoner yeah. name, bro. There is a reason. The, 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 he is set up at the beginning <laughs> mm-hmm. because you, you start the events of Carnival by taking this cursed token mm-hmm. to a graveyard and putting it on the jester's grave and and like saying an incantation or something. And it's like an urban legend. And you find out that it's true. And you have yeah. created, you brought the carnival of evil. You brought the carnival yeah. back it, to it life. rises so up out of the ground. You have the, to fight yeah. your way through it. Where, where, is, where did the dark carnival originate? Like, what was the first Probably thing that really did that? I guess Louisiana. <laughs> I've got to say New Orleans, right? Just, most you know. of my memories of going to a fucking fair. Like, uh, like <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, real, real carnivals and real carnies are Terrifying. sort of creepy. So I can, I can see yeah. how it caught on. I'm just trying to think of the first real, maybe it with the clown. I, the I, clown I've never thing. been like, around as many that. adults smoking than like the county fair. Uh, there you go, kid. Buy you won yourself a Bon Jovi mirror. Just wipe that coke dust off it. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what's what's the um what's the movie that came out? Uh, Last year, uh, that by Guillermo the, del Toro, del Toro remake. Oh my god, I'm so old. It's actually, a, yeah, a remake of like a movie from the 40s. I know, I know what it is. Bradley Cooper, Ron Perlman, yeah. shit. Oh my Nightmare god, Alley, Nightmare Alley, Nightmare Alley. But yeah, but yeah, that, that's kind of more like it's it's sort of that dark carnival aesthetic, but it's it's really just like the seamy underbelly. Whereas this is like, no, we're gonna we're gonna make this a literal nightmare with monsters and. Uh, yes. 
goth kids and in heavy makeup. And there you go. That's a great way to describe the game. It's a <laughs> rail shooter set in Todd Browning's freaks. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, kind of, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yes. One of us. Highly recommended. Low. You will. You will not forget it. Did, did did you own a cabinet of this? I, I just remember no. you talking about this back in the day. No, they. I mean, you know, towards the. Uh, where was I in '98? I uh, guess I was at GamePro. I was at GamePro, uh, and you know, Midway was sending GamePro every cabinet that they did because they realized that we would cover it if it was in our office, right? Like, mm-hmm. we would wind up wasting so much time on NFL or, Blitz that that would turn into a 10-page strategy guide. Or, or Dan would dress as it. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they, they did not send us a Carnival cabinet for whatever reason. They did mm-hmm. send us uh, Mortal Kombat 4. They sent us Blitz. They sent us two Hydro Thunders, you know, stuff like that. But they did not send a Carnival. And it might, I don't know why, but it, it sort of became forbidden fruit for me. Like, I couldn't find it. Uh, hmm. I wanted to play it more. I liked everything that the, the Midway, you know, teams were putting out. And I knew some of the people that were there. And I was like, yeah, I want to play your new game. And I was like, oh, and this also feels like something that I shouldn't be playing. It's too violent for me to play, right? Um, but yeah, I don't, it just, it, it came with like candy colored shotgun controllers mm-hmm. and uh, an, uh, like the gesture is on the side art and, and there's a creepy clown on the, on the loading screen and on the flyer, the flyer for this alone <laughs> is like, you know, a white face painted clown with a, like a little, you know, pyramid cap on it, crawling out of the dark, uh, crawling out of a grave or something. Like yeah. it's, oh boy. The fucking it's, shark it's, teeth. It's a lot. Yes. Which, which bring, brings me to the real reason for inviting you on. <laughs> if I only knew someone who worked at a company who did a stellar job bringing out old, older, inaccessible oh. games, tell I mean, your boss to make a peripheral. <laughs> I would love to do a light game collection at Digital Eclipse. I'm working at Digital Eclipse now. If anybody doesn't know, by the way, we're working on uh, the Cowabunga collection for Turtles and uh, and Atari's 50th anniversary celebration is going to be our yes. next thing out. So I've been working a lot on the Atari one uh, specifically. Turtles was almost done when I joined the company. But you talk about dream products that we want to do internally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. If I said, you know what, wouldn't it be great to do like a Namco light gun collection or... Or a, a you know a midway light gun collection where yeah, we like, do T2 and we would so like here's the dirty secret of T2 and Revolution X they're not actually light gun games they are analog joystick games that track as if they are light gun games they are huh. they you hold a gun but you are actually moving an analog stick and I did not know that until I got my main machine and I'm like yeah let me set it up and it's like well which way do you want the what do you want to stand in for the analog joystick and I'm like what. So it turns out that the best way for me to play at home is that Star Wars yoke because I can yeah. tilt it forward and back and go left mm-hmm. and right. I was going to so do my machine to, to be a, uh, my Star Wars machine to be a railgun shooter because the yoke yeah. can pretty easily a- approximate that. You can make T2 and RevX and and those style of games work with a uh, with a light gun, but what I did is I have like the final chipset of T2 set up to work with a yoke and then I took an alternate version like you know the 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 earlier non fully patched version of T2 and then I set that up specifically in MAME to be a light gun uh, version so you can you can play it as a light gun shooter if you want I still consider them light gun games because the peripheral is a gun and that's the that's the experience that the player is having I don't think right. it matters 
that, you know, the technology underneath is technically like, yeah, it's more accurate if this is actually an analog joystick, and the player never needs to know that. So I hope I've ruined some light gun games for no, you. It's, I, I, got, uh, I got one of those arcade images when I modded my machine, yeah. and I was surprised by how many right? shooters I could just play with my joystick. Yeah, uh, it just it's how you configure it. Yeah, yeah. and because uh, Matt Matt mentioned the Lost Jurassic Park Lost World game, like that was mm. in the image and totally playable with a buttons and a joystick. Yeah, uh, and can we give honorable mentions here? Sure, honorable yeah. mentions for uh, underrated light gun games. Uh, it's mostly the joy I've seen it brought to brought to my friends' children whenever we go to our local big funplex, literally called Fun Station. Uh, the Walking Dead game, just something about those, like, well, one, the Walking Dead phenomenon, even kids are aware of it, even if they're not allowed to watch it, but the crossbow action is really fun, and every kid I've mm. gone there with is, is, falls in love with that fucking game. Mm. Crossbow uh, Walking oh, Dead yeah. action. That was I want to oh, throw out a plug Dead. for uh, a game that's currently in, like, Dave and & Buster's and big sort of location-based mm-hmm. things. The four-player Tomb Raider light gun game is way better than you would think it would be. Uh, I'm really impressed. There's a lot of hidden uh, things within the levels that you can find. So even if you're not the highest scoring player, you can be like the most clever player. It's it's extremely well done, and I I had lower expectations. Like ah, it's another cash in. It's actually really quite good. Tomb Raider game where you don't play as Laura Croft. Uh, That was shocking. Yeah, yeah. I would if if you see it, try it. Scud the Disposable Assassin was another one we considered for this for Saturn. And so I went back and I I managed to get it working. I I own a copy of that, by the way. It was probably my copy, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. I had this since college. Oh, okay. Uh, I I legit bought it when I had a Saturn back in the day. And... uh, but I remembered it being more playable, like with a gamepad and a gun, and there it is kind of a hybrid. Like it's a side scroller, and then when you get into boss fights, yes. it goes in like a first person mode, and then you can shoot at the bosses, like you know Jeff Scud's nemesis that he's trying to keep alive, the the monster with the giant uh, electrical plug for a face. But then, like it's also playable purely as a light gun shooter, and I tried that, and it's like this is fucking garbage. I'm sorry, Dan Harmon, Rob Schrab, your game fucking blows as a pure light gun shooter. It is just like, oh, here's three enemies. They'll all shoot at the same time with about a second, one second lead time. Oh, you shot them all? Well, here's three more. Well, here's six more. Here's another six. Here's 12. And shoot them all before they fire at you. As the owner of only a Saturn when that game was coming out, just had a lot of hopes ride on every game coming out to make this console successful so I don't have mm-hmm. to buy another one. Like, Come <laughs> on, Scud, you can do this. I don't even know what you are, and I'm sure the people who made you suck, and I'll never care about anything that they do. Just kidding, <laughs> Rob Schraub and Dan Harmon are amazing. Uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of hopes riding on Scud. And I, I never use the shooter peripheral, because I think Die Hard Trilogy, the Die Hard 2, I love that light gun game, even with a controller. But it wasn't compatible with GunCon, but you can play it on the Saturn with whatever the fuck that gun peripheral is. That I the Stunner. Had. The Stunner. Thank you very much. Yeah, the I never stunner. had um, but The cool what? thing about Scud was you one player could dual wield. It was built oh, wow. for that yeah. because that's what yeah. Scud did is he dual wielded. So they made a really big deal about that at the time. Yeah. And also, like, the music in there is, like, really garagey and, like, really. And you can just, like, listen to that as a, like, a CD because it's using the, was it Red Book Audio? Yeah. 
Yes. And, yeah, and mm. so there's like mm. a Scud theme song. There's a theme song for Drywall, his sidekick, a comedy sketch. I don't know. Everybody uh, was doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I only listen to Red Book Audio while watching Red Shoe Diaries. I so. only do it while I'm taking a shit and reading Red Book. My favorite magazine. <laughs> my... The sketch was by the Dead Alewives, who were an improv comedy troupe. Yes. They they did that infamous, do you have any Mountain Dew? D&D yeah. bit. I yeah. love that thing. I think that might have day. been on the, uh, the the Scud CD. Maybe maybe not. But yes, Dan Harmon and Rob Schraub were both parts of that. Yeah. Oh, shit. Did not know that. I mean, yeah, they, they like wrote it in Rob's dining room, like the two of them, for mm. years. It was yeah. it's it's just such a weird story that like you could make that much money off of a black and white comic book with you and mm-hmm. your friend and then eventually and, sell the concept to Sega to yeah. <laughs> tent pull their fucking system with and and then I think have like a big falling out before the final issue yeah. is yeah. put yeah. written and released and, now and then that, all good. the fans are just left in limbo for like a decade or two yeah yeah mm-hmm. light gun games man miss them miss them yeah. and uh, you know I think. One of the reasons I miss them is is my house now has never been better set up to like enjoy two people playing a light gun game on a much larger screen, and it's not really that possible. Um, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. So I'd lo- I'd love to see something like that come back. Uh, it's niche, but so is VR. You know, and the, the last cool gun game I remember playing, Dan, was the the one when you were streaming your VR sessions. But was I forgot what it's called? The gun. Pistol Whip. Pistol I was going to say, if you're looking for good light gun games, really VR on Quest, mm. there's there's a number of there's a number of good ones and a couple of really bad ones. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Pistol Whip is a rhythm based shooter. Beat Saber with guns. Uh, Beat Saber with guns. Uh. But I would say better than Beat Saber and a lot more fun. Well, it's just this. Uh, you, you will work out harder by playing Pistol Whip. You will. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You will get your leg workout. Uh, Super Hot is another good example yeah. of like, you know, a good VR experience that has gunplay in it, but yeah. isn't strictly guns. But like yeah. the gunplay in it is super satisfying oh, when you're in VR, even more than you know, when you're in flat. So I just thought about that now that, yeah, maybe that is what replaced yeah. like That's guns. kind of what happened because, again, you know that everybody has the same controller and the controller fits in your hand kind of like with a pistol grip so why not so yeah there's a zillion shooters out there but pistol whip is the one uh that i think is really worth playing really good yeah good exercise and the soul still burns i suppose (laughs) (laughs) all right well on that note we're going to take a little break and when we come back we're going to talk about some new releases some news some other stuff so stay tuned my feet crack as a mess when i run my guns never run out of breath the bright as the sun but i'm the color of death my dome is bulletproof, I'm thicker than blood I'm a trademark marksman, brand name Scud Yellow and red, hello, see me, you're dead I pull the trigger for you, you make a sandwich, you go to bed No must, no bust, no guilt, no god, no soldiers Everything you built, so I love me now and watch what I do Because you didn't make me a slave, you made me better than you Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. But I want to talk about good cartoons. Talk, talk about, about a good cartoon. A good experience. A movie I have seen three times. What? What? 
I've seen three times. Yeah, I've seen it twice already. Uh, that's Chippendale Rescue. What the fuck? I, I'm supposed to be the, like the diehard here. Jesus Christ. It, it is, I, does seem like a movie custom made for you, though, Chris, because it's like yeah. the sequel to Roger Rabbit. We never it is it is Roger Rabbit, and I, I don't say this with cynicism. It's Roger Rabbit for uh, millennials and Gen Xers. Uh, yeah. and, and, and just because, like, you know, I didn't want to spoil things for Michael. I was just, like, trying to say, like, you're not going to see Mickey, and you're not going to see Donald, really. But, like, dude, there's schnookums in meat in the end credits, for fuck's sake. I don't think that's been acknowledged by Disney in any way ever, but there's like they're just, boom, there in the end. It's fucking crazy. It, it, uh, some of those cameos that they got and the, so, yeah. just Randy Marsh is in a... Randy Marsh is, Randy in Marsh a fucking, is chilling in his sauna. In a, in a sauna room. I was, I, I got, With uh, two of the three little pigs. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our final segment, or we're just going to go straight into that segment known as... Two Point Campus is out. Uh, I know very little about it. But, yeah, uh, I, li- I like these games. Haven't played mm-hmm. this one yet. Um, it is the uh, Sim Light, you might call it, with a very British well, style of humor. They're, they're, I really like Two Point Hospital. Yeah, they're, they're offshoots from, like I think, the Theme Park, Theme Hospital, mm-hmm. that series. Uh, spiritual successors, I should say. And they call that because if you beat it, you get two points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. This one is college-based instead of hospital-based. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, so maybe, maybe next week we'll have some thoughts on that one. Hmm. Maybe. Um, also, uh, Cult of the Lamb is another thing we have, we'll have to wait until next week to share uh, impressions of. It is a uh, – I'm, I'm not 100% sure of what it is. I've, I've heard Hades mentioned in conjunction with it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, – you, you uh, are a sacrificial lamb who is reborn as a god bent on revenge. And so you build up a cult and there's like a cult sim aspect and also a, an action aspect. So it sounds really cool. Uh, it's very cute and also dark, speaking of, uh, you know, dark carnival type games. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to checking it out. Um, one thing I was able to check out, which uh, if you have Assassin's Creed Valhalla... You might have noticed there was a free update that came to it in the last week or so. Uh, it is it adds a mode called Forgotten Saga that you can access from inside of the uh, inside of England after you get to a certain point. You've built the Seer's Hut, I think, and uh, it is actually events set after the Dawn of Ragnarok expansion, where you're once again playing as Odin. And you're going into Niflheim, which is uh, Hell's region. Hell, you know, in in the the nine realms, it's it's the the realm of the dishonorable dead. My favorite of the Himes. Yeah, it's it's Viking Hell, and it is constantly shifting. There's different paths that you can take through it, and like everything is like, all right, I got to this area, fight a bunch of enemies. Now I get this power up. Now there's several different uh, paths, and I can see like if I take this path, I'll get this power up, etc. And so you are, you start out with uh, crappy gear and you are trying to get better gear and abilities and you will get uh, points that you can spend to unlock permanent perks. 
and become more powerful. Uh, it does have like some really big boss fights against fantastical enemies. Like it, one of them is is an actual rotting dragon. It's it's this game's version of the Nidhog, and uh, <laughs> it, it is Nidhog is is like a, a a monster in Viking folklore that it's it's oh, massive and it's like, not, a, not a pixel based sword fighting game. Exclusively. Right, right. Okay. No, it's you know the giant monster that eats you at the end of every round in that uh, pixel-based fighting game. That's yes. the Nidhog. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. So it, you are fighting for the right to feed yourself to the Nidhog in that game. Yeah. This time you're you're fighting it. And it's a really big, tough boss fight. But uh, I had a lot of fun with this. There is a, a story element to it that evolves with every uh, every time you get kicked out of Niflheim. So um, yeah, check it out if. If you have Assassin's Creed Valhalla, it's free. And, um, yeah, uh, Marvel Spider-Man Remastered came to PC. We also haven't played that because it's not out yet as of this recording. Yeah, but, like, I read, I was reading about it, and uh, to to, to not overshadow how miraculous it is that these first-party Sony games are coming to PC with all these enhancements, I think this is the first PS5 game to hit PC and what it's capable mm. of doing is is way superior to what the PS5 could ever do. So mm. it is technically the out, far and away the most visually superior version of Spider-Man and it's getting pretty positive reviews just like yeah. Yeah, what's what's the comparable power? I know I know obviously consoles are optimized so it's not one to one, but do you think like the the current gen consoles are what like 2080 territory for an NVIDIA, or is it more like 1080 territory in terms of the power? I don't know. Um, yeah. Damn, I really don't know what the, don't know the what that means. point is. Pro- well, which which series of NVIDIA uh, video cards, the 1000 series, like the 10, 1070, 1080, the, yeah. then the, the 20, the 2000 series, which was very expensive but really powerful, until yeah. the 3000 series came out. And yeah. suddenly gave an unbelievable performance jump for a, a much lower price. I just uh, <laughs> just got my thirty seventy. Uh, I was going to say price gouging, two yeah. years <laughs> much lower if you could get it at retail price, which nobody yeah. could. It wasn't even being sold by retailers at retail price. Yeah. So yeah, I would. I mean, this game, beautiful game. The remake looks amazing on PS Five. I, I would love to see this running on a thirty ninety. I, I bet you could hit like. 120 hertz, uh, 120 frames per second with this bad boy. I'm really tempted rig yeah. to try it. I don't play a lot of games more than once, just because there's always something else that right. I want to play. Yeah. But I saw this, and it's it's on. You know, it's coming out on Steam on the 12th, and I was very tempted, especially with just having dropped in a new video card within the last month. Right. Uh, I'm like, God. I mean, that was such a. I really did enjoy it that game. It was one of my favorite yeah. games of like the last 10 years. It was. Very, and very it's good. it's not as good, but what I did is I went back. I had I I owned the DLC, but I had never played it. So I played the DLC in the remastered version oh, when I got my PS5, and so that was like at least new content for me to play. So that that right. could be an alternative for you if you want yeah, something. I, if you don't want to I, replay something, I played all of it on PS4. I actually did the the core game on PS4, and then I waited a year. Before I did the, the the DLC, so it was sort of like season two for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So but yeah, I'm still once. tempted to just because you know ultra wide. I'm used to my ultra wide right. monitor. It's oh, it's only a yeah. 1080p monitor. I'm not running in 1440. I'm running 28 six or 2560 by 1080. 
And yeah. that's great because I'm right in front of the monitor. Mm-hmm. I don't need a giant monitor, but give me that 3070 and all of a sudden I've got all the lighting effects and a lot of the Spider-Man PC stuff is visual upgrades, yeah. different, you know, a better, yeah, yeah. better shadows yeah, and ray tracing and all that stuff. So it's the kind of improvement that I think I would really appreciate. Plus I really, I know it's a game that I, I enjoy. It's, so it's still, I, I'm still find this so strange. Tony taking their first party games, bring them to PC like this and in such astounding ports that people are very happy with and then people ask, hey, what's up with the DLC and Miles Morales? And, like, silence on the official front because, like, sure. yeah, buy a PS5 <laughs> if, you want, if you want this shit. Like, Microsoft had always been, you know, hey, we're more open to, you know, with PC platform yeah. and we have Game Pass that can go across both. But in a way, it makes total sense that, like, Sony's whole deal was we're going to invest in these, like, super good first-party games and that's what's going to drive people to our platforms. Mm-hmm. And so... Their strategy is, hey, let's take those games and start to monetize on yeah, another platform. Just with Spider-Man Remastered games. came out the same second as Miles Morales. And it's not yeah. present in the PC version, and there's no reports that it ever will be. Yeah. I um, Yeah, I, I would love to see this thing running. I, I don't know that I'm ever going to play it on PC. Um, one other game came out that um, I... Normally, I would ignore games like this, but uh, I, have to, I have to call out... So, Rumbleverse... Uh, is is a new game by Iron Galaxy, and that's why I call it out. Like I really, I'm kind of a fan of what Iron Galaxy puts out there. Um, you know, in addition to like their hilarious appearances on Giant Bomb and stuff like that. Uh, but this is it's called a free to play brawler royale. So it's it's like a, a melee battle royale. It's got like that kind of cartoony style that a lot of these uh, free to play battle royales have had recently. But uh, I think it, it's it's worth taking a look just because it is Iron Galaxy. They they do great stuff. So. Right. Uh, another game I remembered, like, oh yeah, I did play this last week. Hard West Two oh. came out, and uh, I've played a little bit of it. And what I have played is pretty great. Uh, if you've played the first one, it's like a weird West sort of XCOM turn-based tactics game. Okay. Uh, uh, the the new one, rather than following like a bunch of different threads, at least so far, uh, follows this one group of outlaws who try to rob a train, and it turns out to be a hellish monster train owned by Mammon, the demon of Avarice. And uh, so he makes a bet with you, like, oh, if you can beat me, uh, you get the train. If I beat you, I get your souls, and uh, you don't get the train. I wasn't even using my soul. I would- <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, pretty much. That's that's the, the attitude. It's like, oh, we're outlaws. What do we care? And like, oh, God, this sucks. We gotta so we gotta figure train. out a way to yeah, yeah. we gotta figure out a way to break out of this. So not to be confused with Weird West, this no. is a Weird West game called Hard West Two. Yes, yeah, they are yeah. not the same game. They are different. Nor uh, True West, will I'll, where I'll be performing throughout the next uh, sim- couple months. <laughs> I mean, sim- similar style though, right? These are both uh, kind of turn-based tactical games. I, so. I, I never got into Weird West, so I can't really say that. Uh, say you know, say that for sure. But um, yeah, this well, this is like Western XCOM or. Uh, Right. Freedom Force, you know, where it's like a turn-based tactics game. You have like uh, four or five, uh, a set number of operatives with different abilities. Like you have uh, a, like a sharpshooter who can do like bank shots off of objects. And like you it, with, with every object that you hit, the uh, percentage, the likelihood that you will connect goes down. So, like, you can, there's an enemy hiding behind cover, you can bank a shot off, like, I'm going to hit this oil barrel, and 
this lantern and it'll bounce back and hit him over here. But, uh, you know, maybe it'll be a 45% likelihood of hitting instead of a 90% likelihood, whatever. I mean, given my XCOM luck, it would say 99% chance to hit and I would be the one missing mm-hmm. that shot. So, yeah. yeah. And there, you have like a witch with magical abilities. You have yeah, uh, she would be a witch otherwise. Native American dude with a war club who just runs up and beats the shit out of people. Uh, just like in Prey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, you, you get an undead guy who uh, just, you know, let, lets loose on things with a shotgun. Pretty good so far. <laughs> Wait a minute. He's already undead. Mm-hmm. You don't need to enhance him with a shotgun. I do appreciate You, you do. Well, he still he still has to kill people somehow. He's not just going to tear them apart. <laughs> yes. He can make them undead. Right? He can bite them. I guess maybe. He's not, uh, he's not a living weapon. Yeah. He's not the T-1000. Yeah. <laughs> he's not a zombie. Matt just I mean, wants everybody to morb out, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. More about it's morbid time. It's morbid yeah. time, bro. Uh, cool. Hard Hard West my, too. My, right. my dad just sent me that meme. By the way, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's morbid now, time. Now it's officially. Have, have you seen this, son? <laughs> that is that is how my dad brings up. It's fucking hilarious sometimes because by the time it gets to NPR, I'm like, mm-hmm. Jesus, are we still talking about this? I'm just Terry Today Gross on all saying morbid it's considered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's morbid time. <laughs> are you winning, son? I, I <laughs> thought that would that would. That are would you Morbin, son? I thought. <laughs> I thought you'd think my dad would kill the meme, but no. It turns out it was Jared Leto leaning into it. That ah, yeah, yeah, no, that and, it, and it's like it's it. not funny anymore. Yeah. It's not. It's yeah. not found out funny when we do finally it. kill a meme. Yeah, yeah. No. Mm-hmm. it's Jared Leto. Jared Leto, Jared, Jared Leto, despite being the Joker, it's sort of a vortex for comedy. Things just <laughs> yes. comedy goes to Jared Leto to die. Who knew Jordan <laughs> Catalano is where comedy went to die? But now, now we know. <laughs> I understood that reference. Sadly, oh. <laughs> well, let's move along to. Except for the news bit at the end, that's exactly how everyone's den sounded from 1989 to about 1995. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dot matrix um, printer and, and modem sounds. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and a newsroom. It sounded like a newsroom typing in there, yes, too. Yes, so, you yeah. got to have the typewriter off to the side for writing things. Right. Back, writing back then, book report. we didn't get console games on PC. I had I, my first PC game pre-Windows is Mario Printing. And it was just drag and dropping Mario art on a dot matrix scale, and just like, (laughs) he's holding a baseball bat. Life can't get better than this. I put, I hung it on me. Whoa! Yeah, you you can't hear that in that sound, but I'm silently playing Mist Uh with headphones on in that clip. Matt, the typewriter was actually for writing a letter to your banker to ask him to wire more money uh, into the account. Stop. Yeah. All right. (laughs) It's too old. It's too old. It's too old. So, sort of like Pac-Man. Yeah, very <laughs> Pac- much like Pac-Man, Pac-Man is uh, one of the oldest video game heroes. One of the most iconic. Dan's got a Pac-Man shirt, showing it off he's, on the mic. He's getting his own live-action movie. Please tell what? me Chris Pratt's not playing Pac-Man. Please, someone. <laughs> I believe it has to be. Yeah, it, 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 it does. It, Dude, I can't believe I'm Pac-Man. I just saw today that his Garfield movie got a date, and I'm like, oh, that's right. He's the new Garfield, too. Like, oh, glad somebody's getting a date. <laughs> so, yeah, Pac-Man's getting a live-action movie, what? according to The Hollywood Reporter. Glad someone's getting live-action. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what, 
there's a billion funny th- ways to take this, and I don't. We did it off mic, and I don't want to ruin it. But it's like calling the Lion King live action. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. Is, is he actually going to be? He'd be a monstrosity. Like we've all seen those internet like memes of like, yeah, this is if Pac-Man was real, and it's just this grotesque <laughs> pie of flesh with a red tongue coming out of hey, it. Hey, kids, check out my folds. <laughs> <laughs> you ever that's, wa- see? That's the version I want. I you want, ever wonder what happens to everything I eat? Look behind me. I want raspy voice Hanna Barbera oh. Pac-Man with the hat. As played by Danny DeVito, Chris, scene. Scene. <laughs> Where are all the pink, blue, and purple whores? Thank you. <laughs> like, it, the movie writes itself at this point, people. He has the shape of Pac-Man. His body shape is like a little Pac-Man with little I legs mean, on You might be thinking of ba- his, his body shape in Batman Returns, which was outrageously spherical. But <laughs> I feel like in real life he's pretty spherical. He's like a little apple yeah. with the, on toothpicks. I just like the idea of like you know it's it's just Danny DeVito in live action. He's a guy named Pac Man. He wears right. a little little mountaineering hat and he eats ghosts, <laughs> like actual right. ghosts of dead yeah. people. He, he's the he's Ghostbusters, but without any equipment. He just eats <laughs> we them. make fun, and yet the Super Mario movie is a real thing that exists, and mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, that was sort of Bob Hoskins. There's Mario, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's like, true. Yeah. And did you guys see the? Uh, I, mine, I know you saw it because I sent it to you. But uh, somebody unearthed like a trove of designer uh, drawings wow. from the original Super Mario Brothers wow. movie, and it's just like, what the fuck did you think Super Mario Brothers was? It's like all fucking bondage gear and gas masks and spikes and leather. It's yeah. like, did you expect Luigi to be suspending himself from his nipples too? Like what these outfits do not describe. Yeah, like Luigi the Kingdom. in a black leather cat suit with, with gloves and uh, like a, a little uh, fedora and Mario in like a baggy blue and red ensemble with like a big 90s beret. Uh, this better not awaken anything. <laughs> <laughs> it won't. <laughs> and the, but a live action Pac Man movie, I don't know. Dan, help me out here. Like, is there is there a great version of like a Pac Man story? Is there something great about the interstitials in the in- initial games? Well, the funny thing about the interstitials, like you know, in between like levels two and three and stuff like that, uh, th- those were some of the first attempts at storytelling in arcade yeah. games. It's true. Yeah. I don't think that deserves a, a, no. a huge a huge Pac-Man No, th- guy, those are basically right? like but silent, like, or, or those are like yeah. Nickelodeon storytelling things, right. right? Like you put in the, the, the nickel and crank the handle and you see yes, a little Yes, it was a Pac-Zoetrope, if yeah. you will. Yeah. And but we, we know exactly what this movie is going to be. It's going to be like Sonic the Hedgehog or Smurfs. It's going to be like, oh, familiar character falls into our world and has a fish out of water story. They did that in Pixels already they did that in pixels i mean yeah if you thought pixels was the low point of pac mountain film boy do i got news for you folks don't hate pixels as much as i I think most people should no i don't i i i I truly hate pixels (laughs) okay Um, but i mean that i will again i i i remember tetris has also been um has been optioned and we haven't heard anything about that in like eight years um, they Remember were, that Monopoly script with Adam Sandler attached? Like, uh, yeah. why is all my money pink? 
like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this dog ran off with my pink money. That's Gilbert Godfrey. You're just doing Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah. I didn't think that, that Sonic the Hedgehog was going to be good, and it already got a sequel. I still haven't seen it. I don't a really care movie. to see it. They're both quite good. Uh, all right. They're, so they're way maybe they be. maybe somebody's got some up their sleeve with Pac-Man, but, but, even but, though but, Pac-Man I, doesn't have any sleeves. But I was sort of asking, like uh, so Sonic as a personification, I can see being on screen. He was sort of built to talk, whereas Pac-Man wasn't. And when Pac-Man's been depicted a number of different ways outside of the maze, right? I mean, they well, gave him they gave him legs and arms for the Saturday morning cartoon way back mm-hmm. in the day. Well, they gave him legs and arms for the sides of the arcade cab, right? Yes, back they did. The mm-hmm. So, hey. like, you know, maybe no that's what they're going to do is legs and arms, and then whether or not they will pull from, you know, the the I'm just a suburban dad kind of mm-hmm. thing that they did inexplicably. I'm reusing assets the, from the Emoji movie. Yeah, I, <laughs> well, I mean, they could, right? Like, who knows? I don't By the way, Chris, I, you're right. I, I was thinking of the Miss Pac-Man Atari box art where she does have arms. Like yeah, that. no, the, the the box art on, or no, the art on the side of the original Pac-Man cabinet looked like one of those things from the Herculoids. It's like a blob with yeah, feet. Yeah, he looks like, he he's looks got like feet. a, he's he looks like a kind feet. yellow clan member. Yeah. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> he's not even, he's not even circular. He, he yeah. looks more yeah. like one of the ghosts on that Like side. a squid or something. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't know what they, but they called the, the Lion King movie live action, even though there is not a single molecule in that movie I know. uh it is <laughs> it's it's made in the unreal engine so i don't know what they're talking about well, it's like the jungle book when they call that i'm like the bear talks this isn't a live action jungle book movie however like if like spike jones was to take whatever he did with the where the wild things are movie and make like a metaphorical version of pac-man okay mm, i'll take that talking. too but sure. like, other than that yeah. i have watched and endured and made too much content out of the pac-man cartoon it is one of the weirdest and worst things I've ever seen with a chomp-based economy where they grow power pellets but still bite things uncontrollably. Right. Mm-hmm. I, by the way, speaking of, I have to take exception. Uh, Ryan Leston from IGN, you refer to the Hanna-Barbera Pac-Man cartoon as a classic, sir. I take exception to that classification. <laughs> that is... That is a stretch at the best. I mean, I might think it was a classic if I hadn't seen it since I was four. Either either he's young or really old, because when I couldn't play Pac-Man, it was easier to watch it. I had, like, more access to the show than I did to the game. I mean, Mm. I lived for it when I was a kid. I was like, I can't believe we're going to get Pac-Man on Saturday morning TV. And ABC did this whole, like, oh, we're going to show you our, our Saturday slate coming up. And it's starring Pac-Man, and they did that thing where they like they teased Pac-Man at every commercial break, and then at the very end of the show, they showed maybe thirty seconds, no dialogue, just random scenes with some music behind it. Good night, kids. And I was like, what a ripoff, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, at the time, I was like, well, it's Pac-Man, so I love it. You yeah. know, um, I'm, I'm not that's, that. That's the I'm thing is, I'm, I, I'm pulling for it because I love. I want it to not be an embarrassment. That's yeah. all. Pac-Man had the best merch when we were kids. It was the yeah. first video game I can remember with merch, right? Yeah, like one, I one had of the things I, I bought from uh, and... California Extreme last time I was there was this beautiful Pac-Man glass set from yeah. like '82. They're gorgeous, uh, and, and so like Pac-Man, glasses. he he deserves. Uh, he he has a right. He, his rightful place is to be at the top of the gaming ecosystem in some way, shape, or form. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful for this thing. Like he's, 
I've always considered Pac-Man to be the goodwill ambassador of the entire video game industry, right? Yeah. Like everybody knows who he is. It's a non-violent game. It's an approachable game. It's a game anybody can play. Anybody can understand as soon as they play it. And what has Pac-Man ever done to hurt anybody? Well, Hollywood is determined to find out. Yes, they are. Yeah. So they're going to give him a dark concern. origin story on why he needs to bite ghosts. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. My ghosts. parents were murdered in yeah. an alley. My, my dad was bit to death by ghosts, so I spend my whole life biting ghosts back, hoping to meet my father again in Valhalla. I'm haunted Zach's- by the ghosts of those I betrayed in life. Zack Snyder's Pac-Man. I'm here for it. You guys, I mean, I planted that seed of Danny DeVito, and every Pac-Man read <laughs> yeah. you've given and me is sort of DeVito. And now it's so. just, it's growing terrible, terrible fruit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe we can manifest this. Can we? Can we do that? What's what's that? Maybe thing we've got more news. Yeah, maybe, maybe thing, we if do. You, if you believe in something hard enough, anyway. Uh, all right. So uh, Evo happened. Evo twenty twenty two, the fighting game tournament, and there were um, actually a lot of announcements coming out of this. The first one uh, is a Chris special. Chris, yeah, what's up with Marvel versus Capcom two? Oh, that uh, that I thought was super interesting, and we were talking at the top of the show about unemulatable experiences in Marvel vs. Capcom 2 I don't know what you know about that Dan is is pretty difficult to emulate uh, um I think part of it is the licensing but I'm not sure what uh what the technical from digital storefronts it was removed from digital storefronts and it's it's always been pretty hard to emulate when I I bought an image I got the Dreamcast version, not the arcade right. version, because that that one's easier to run on like a Raspberry Pi. It's just like not something most systems are optimized to run. So there's no official version out there for like years, and now we have an online enabled arcade cabinet at it. I want to say a semi reasonable price for the public, but like if you care about MVC two as much as my friends who do. And you want to play it online with every other Marvel Capcom game, including X Men Street Fighter, Marvel Super Heroes, MC, M- MVC One, War of the Gems from the Super Nintendo, right? Uh, yeah, unbelievable. And like, uh, you know, I know I got a buddy who works over there, but like they, they used it was both cringe and like classic. They were using the hashtag Freed MVC Two because it's like this game. I'm aware of Fightcade, and I know there are ways to play this online with real opponents, but it's not easy, and because right. of certification on consoles, it just makes more sense to like put this in a fucking arcade machine, because <laughs> it's it's just so weird. Uh, talking to you guys who work in the games industry, like getting a game on consoles costs a shitload of money, it does. but this game is done, and so like... This has no such certification. It's easier to, for Arcade One Up to release a game than it is to get it on the PSN network. I right. know I said the end twice there. And this is coming with a bunch of. I mean, typically they bundle these with other games, right? Yes. So it, or but, it, but that's that's yeah. It's coming with like seven games, though. I'm really impressed at how many. Yes. it's coming with. That, that's this. that's I think the the best. And once again. I loved modding my cabinets. I wouldn't mod this one because I think the online is pretty important. It'll probably, yeah. the infrastructure will stay up and running. I don't know what their online system, blah, 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 blah. Uh, this is just a game you can't play anywhere at all. And the rumor was they were going to announce NFL Blitz as well. An equally very difficult oh, to emulate experience. And they didn't announce it. I put it in the notes. Because 
and I don't want to blow up anybody's spot at Arcade One Up. If you wanted to keep it a secret, don't give it to a bunch of athletes who are going to put it on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So that that has not been announced yet. But like, yeah, the latest two Arcade One Up games are not simple ROM downloads. They're they're games that right. like you you really can't play very well. That are classics that people have been dying to re-experience. And and starting with MVC two, that's just amazing. I don't even know where the company goes from here after releasing MVC two. Uh, lucky and wild. Lucky and wild, baby. <laughs> yes. they've, they've got Ridge Racer with a steering wheel, and they've got T two with guns. It's you true. just slap. You just slap them together. How hard is it's that? True. You got to make a, a, a rocking seesaw bench. Uh, oh my god! Can you imagine <laughs> trying to fit two butts in front of an arcade one up screen? No. no. Just provide your own two chairs. <laughs> so that wasn't even the biggest piece of news at Evo. There was a lot, actually. A bunch of games were announcing they were getting rollback netcode, which is basically, if, if you know anything about online fighting games, that's sort of the gold standard right now. Um, and it's it's not easy to do and, and not cheap to do, so that's great. Uh, actually, Dragon Ball Fighters is getting that in addition to current-gen versions of the game. Love that game. That's, uh, bizarre to suggest that, like, that means the license is going to last a little longer than I expected for Dragon Ball Fighters. It's not a license though because it's Bandai Namco, so they they own right, that, right, right, right. But but you know, a lot of those games get taken offline pretty yeah. frequently. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Skullgirls, talking about games that haven't been taken offline, Skullgirls has been around 10 years, and instead of announcing a new game, they announced a new character coming to the game after 10 years. So, uh, wow. Marie Corbell, or Bloody Mary, is coming. Mm. She is the primary antagonist of Skullgirls. Um, she's been part of the story for a while. She is the final character as part of the game's first season past. So, wow. uh, talk about long-term support. Yeah. Street Fighter 6, obviously there in a big way. Uh, they it. showed off two characters. They showed off a jury and Kimberly joining the likes of Ryu, Chun-Li, Luke. All I know Jury. Things. I don't know Kimberly. Is she new? Kimberly is a new character, the first African-American female in all of Street Fighter. Oh. And how long has this been around? And how no. many characters well, are first there? first African-American, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. And Chris, this will excite you. Guess who trained her? Uh, an Italian? And a man named, uh, goes by the name of Guy from Final Fantasy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, nice. she is a student of Guy. That's her... She looks like she's a lot of fun. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm going to skip over some of the smaller things. We are getting a new Fatal Fury game. Nice. <laughs> a sequel. Not only just a new Fatal Fury, a sequel to 1999 Garou, Mark of the Wolves. I love Butt. Yeah, you mean? might get to play as Butt. Butt, yes. butt is going to be playable again. Kushnoon yes. Butt. New key art with Rock Howard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, they basically just said, hey, this game is greenlit. We're making this. They didn't really show off anything, but, uh, a sequel to a 1999 game. I think that game was free on Xbox games with gold recently, or I, I have a copy of it somehow. So yeah, sequel 20 years in the making. That's, uh, it's pretty cool. I think the Dreamcast Dude. version was one of the first times I injured myself playing a video game um. because like, <laughs> Uh, digging out the Dreamcast controller after I'd mothballed it for a few years and was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna play this and like doing a bunch of repetitive fireball rolls on that stiff ass D pad. Oh yeah. And just like, why is my arm cold? (laughs) And I like gave myself tennis elbow. (laughs) Michael, Michael had like an old man. 
old man encounter 25 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> roughly that. I, I just realized I haven't gone... I, okay, I went in for the SNES controller, but like you know how Nintendo, as part of their online sure. thing, they'll make those controllers available? If they do a Dreamcast controller, that's sort of a must-buy for I, me. I like, said the I, same I thing about the Nintendo 64 that. controller, even though I haven't pulled the trigger. It would be really nice to feel an official version of that in my hands again. Clean. The problem with yeah, with that one is it's like sixty bucks by itself. Like the SNES controllers, I want to say. I, I know, but I feel like in twenty and... years I'll be paying I'll be paying one hundred and forty dollars to go into a museum and fondle yes, an N sixty four controller. Oh, it feels just like it. Something something in my brain keeps telling me it's miniature versions, even though I know no, I'm not, like no, those are actually full size controllers. Like uh, yeah. Mm. Oh, last bit of news from Evo. Uh, this one I'm very excited about. A new Tekken game was teased. Really? Now here's Ooh. the thing. It could either be Tekken 8 or they showed a cutscene. It was kind of a remake of the original cutscene where uh, Kazuya tosses his dad, Hihachi, into the volcano. But in this thing, he had like these scars on his face. So it's like, oh, is this, is this later? Is, is this reproducing the scene from the original games? Or is this like actually a sequel and it's happening? People get thrown in volcanoes a lot in Tekken as well. It's true. It's the Tekkenverse. It's that's what it's going to be. It's going to be an alternate. I'm actually kind of stunned that we haven't seen a major fighting franchise go. Ah, how can we remake the game but make it fresh? Oh, here's the multiverse version of the original game that you remember. You know that yes. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's what they're going to do because if it looks familiar but it's different, it they would bring the characters to multiverses, Dan. You know, yeah, to, well, well, right. to, to make it <laughs> super impenetrable to new users. <laughs> Uh, I, I, yeah, but again, we uh, is Tekken Seven the last Tekken game? Tekken Seven is the last Tekken mm. game. It's excellent. It's you amazing. Can, it's always on sale for like five. It's really fun. It's so good. It's so fucking good. It's got it's got a great story mode. Like I I'm a sucker for story modes in fighting yeah, yeah, games. Yeah. Like it has a very good doesn't, story mode. Doesn't the PS4 version have PSVR support? It what? might. I don't I know. I, I have it on Xbox. Yeah, yeah it's it's not you're you're not even playing in first person. It's just you're watching the fight in, through your VR headset in three D. Watching little dolls play in pretty much. Of you, yeah. Point. Uh, Chris, another Chris news story here. Chris, what's going on with Super Punch Out after all these years? I don't know how this happened because I thought this. I thought almost every you know even the most mediocre Super Nintendo game has been torn down and sprite sheeted to death and um. They discovered a two-player mode in Super Punch Out, which may or may not have like been reported like forty years ago. <laughs> but uh, people are—I didn't know it existed, and it's—it's it's at a time I would have known it because it doesn't require a game genie or anything like that. It's—it's it's just button inputs, right? It's button inputs on the second controller or something, yes. though, right? Like, yeah, that's not a common thing to do—is to you know, I can see it being. Uh, kept hidden all that time just because nobody thought to do random button presses on a right. second controller. You just uh, think when when this code gets ported into whatever ROM, people can see what's... Because there's a couple of, like... There's no new art, but it is arranged in a way where, like, this is not in the real game. How did nobody know this existed? And, uh, and until now, Super Punch-Out's one of my favorite Super Nintendo games. Yeah, the art looks like a fighting game select screen, basically, right? Yeah. It, it's... Yeah. And... and, and, and with a regular controller, you can control any other. One person plays as Little Mac, the other one plays as like anybody else. A bear hugger. Hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's insane. I, I mean, Bob, I wonder Charlie. if this was originally just like a secret dev cheat to test 
probably a debug. character balances yeah, or something yeah, like absolutely. that that's that just simply like. didn't get taken out because that happens that, sometimes. That's, that's, that's what it looks like. That's most cheat codes back in the day. Yeah, but most it, cheat codes but, were just debug. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that's what's bizarre about it because I, I think you know I'm the guy who just assumed that like yeah obviously they have a full keyboard and they can command stroke anything like no they had to like program the debug fighter to be, you can do their super moves you can do any move bald bull can do with the second player controller and just to leave that like i can see why nintendo didn't consider it a mode but like that game was re-released on ps2 on was it on the playstation it's in uh one of EA's boxing games, you can unlock Super Punch Out. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's a, the GameCube version of uh, one of the Fight Nights. Yes, one of Fight Nights. And, and, and uh, you can also have uh, the Super Nintendo version of Little Mac as a as a fighter. Really? Yeah, it's one of those things that, like, why not just throw that in there and let people yeah. fuck around with it? Like, who cares if it's fair? Little Mac has no <laughs> special abilities, <laughs> but everyone else does. Hmm. Hey, uh, guys. <laughs> I'm still wowed at how this was this this has to be a case of where someone's like data mining the source code or something right Which and basically I, I, th I think we take for granted that we think people are doing that all the time but they're sort of not and it's why emulation takes so long because you need like geniuses to figure out things for free <laughs> and sometimes when you download an emulator or a main thing, it's like, was this designed by idiots or people who can't see UI? I'm like, no, it's designed by people who aren't working. They're having fun, and they're not trying to optimize your experience because that's not what they're doing. They're just trying to uncover something. Mm -hmm. And, uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm fucking ranting, and I can see Dan getting tired. Uh, I, it's not that. I'm just old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I, unemulatable experiences has been like the, my thing for this show, and um, yeah, two controllers on Super Punch. And apparently, oh no, this works. This works on the Switch uh, version. Yeah, oh. you know who found that out? Friend of the show, Cat Bailey. Did she really? She, she was the she was messing around and and just basically discovered like not only can you control the other characters, you can do their special moves. Like yeah. she she did the bull charge with Bald Bull. Nice. Yeah, like that's. I, this has to be like a debug mode or something like where yeah it, it, it is probably I'm I sure mean more is. than likely yeah yeah pretty cool though pretty cool Tw what twenty eight years later yeah because like if that. they if they wanted a two player punch out mode they would have tried to like include it in the next punch out of course game. Yeah, yeah 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 and uh, but they never did yep yep so uh, yeah punch out sort of a violent fighter nonviolent. Uh, game that I, I personally have loved, uh, Splatoon. Splatoon got its own Nintendo Direct, um, and a lot of stuff was revealed. I gotta be honest, like, nothing that is like, oh wow, this is brand new, never seen in a Splatoon game before. There, there's a lot of, I mean, yes, there are new weapons, there are new maps, new, some new modes, but it, it just seems to me like a bigger and better version of Splatoon 2. Um, some, some of the bigger things they announced here, in addition to those new weapons I talked about, um, there's, <laughs> Oddly enough, there's like a, a collectible card game or a TCG, I should oh. say, like a, like a, like a yeah, like a, like a <laughs> what we all wanted a, from Splatoon, a competitive one v one card if game. You wanted more Splatoon. Yeah, they also gave uh, the story mode a title. It's called Return of the Mammalians, and um, oh my god, let's see. Uh, everything you liked from the original games one and two is back. It'll, illustrations are back, so look forward to seeing sketches I, of dicks. I all find over myself the game. needlessly irritated at Splatoon, and I someday we should come up with a word for this. When Nintendo releases 
a trilogy of a new thing in between the thing you wanted? There's that. There's, <laughs> yes. There's been one new Mario game, but three new Splatoons. Why'd you make so many Pikmin instead of a new Zelda? It, it's very Triforce. Yeah. <laughs> when they release three yeah. things of something, yeah. and it feels yeah. like, yeah. Yes. And, and, I mean, the last thing, they, there's going to be a lot of this one, because they... They basically sort of announced, we're running this like a live service game this time. There's lots of large-scale paid DLC plans post-launch. Mm. So uh, I know our listeners are big fans of that. Uh, yes, no, well, yeah. everyone everyone loves that. I mean, th- my my issue with the sp- previous Splatoon games is like they supported them for a little while and they just kind of, you know, backed out and didn't do a ton of stuff. Yeah, so they made my buddy fall on his sword on. in social media in front of Never mind, never mind. I do love those modes where they have people. It's it's sort of reminded me of like a we voting, you know, where yes. it's like you would you mm. would. Uh, do you, you like ketchup pick, or mayonnaise more? Ketchup or mayo? Mm. Exactly. That was mm. the one everyone says because mayo looked like something. Anywho, uh, yeah. So that's all the Splatoon news. Let's see. Oh, <laughs> hey, uh, a lot of you guys have Netflix. I'm assuming if you're not, you know, some of those millions of people dropping out. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if you are, so Netflix is reporting they have 221 million subscribers. Less than 1% of those people actually play games on Netflix. Like, this is a thing Netflix seemingly has been building up I, but for the he, past here's the few thing. years. Like, uh, I think I turned on Netflix on one of my parents' devices, and it immediately mm-hmm. showcased Netflix's games. Like, hmm. the I did not know they existed, right. and, and we use Netflix all the time in this household. Do really? I had no idea, and I'm almost certainly part of the target market. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, and there's some good games in there. There's like they have Moonlighter. Like Moonlighter is a very good no, no, game. They, they, they had the Netflix. Telltale games on there. They had hmm. they had interactive versions of Bandersnatch and uh, Kimmy but, Schmidt. Those they highlighted. But yeah, like, but it's not just like they have actual games. I know, that, like, but it, like the, on here's, iOS, here's my challenge. You, Okay. Load up mm-hmm. your Xbox app right now. You will never see those games highlighted. And that's the problem is like, we're all Netflix subscribers. It sounds like, like we're all gamers. I couldn't tell you how to access games on Netflix. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have known if it was I, a separate I've got, app. I've got like one of them called Point P because somebody recommended it on Twitter and also pointed out how to get it. It's like, oh, okay, so I have to. Uh, my my phone. Okay, but it you you have to download the game through the Apple App Store, and it's like, oh. but you have to like log in, like link your Netflix account to it, something like that, and then it's like, oh, okay, you I'll have the that. credentials to download this game. It's 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 really just like permission to access a game. I, I bought my parents a Roku, put my Netflix account on the Roku, and like the games thing is the third tier of what they showcase. Hmm. So well. I, I'm saying like I think hmm. Xbox and PlayStation are like, you can have your app on here, but you can't highlight your games. Right. Yeah. And because they don't make any money off of them, right? right? Like, because then then Xbox or PlayStation would want to charge a percentage of the subscription fee, which Netflix wouldn't go for. But I still don't understand how that works because, like, again, I I loaded this up at my parents' house three weeks ago and was shocked to see how well placed the game stuff was. I load up Netflix several times a week. I've never seen that before. Never. Never, 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 never. And even remember when they got the Telltale series on there. But also, it's like playing Dragon's Lair with a remote almost all the but time. But those are different. Those are yeah. those are different. Like no, they're, we're they're... saying like they ha- they let you download actual games, okay. not not like Telltale or Dragon's Lair, but actual games. Right. Yeah, yeah, and some of which are adaptations of of Netflix properties. So there's like Stranger Things games, mm-hmm. right? But uh, yeah, they're they're. <sighs> I think that's the problem, right? Is that they're like, yeah, only 1% of these 221 million people. I'm like, yeah, they don't, 
they they haven't bothered to I, tell yeah, us I, how I, to play these. I remember games, I remember telling know? Matt like two years ago, like my dream would be to start like an editorial out like outlet for Netflix to tell people um, what they have and like what you need to watch. But that got shut and down earlier like, this year. That existed it? and they shut it down like. How did I not? I follow Netflix on like we, I, we all follow, I follow entertainment. So few corporate accounts, and I follow them on everything. I had no idea they had an editorial outlet. Uh, they never I let me know when I heard about it. Remember how I knew it existed is when the layoffs when the layoffs happened. I'm, um, I'm like, okay, that that's bad. Like the first time I'm hearing of this thing, me, an avid entertainment consumer, yes. it's part, it's literally part of my job to understand what's going on in entertainment. And I never heard about your site that writes about entertainment. Like, that's bad. Yeah. That's really bad. Yeah. Like, spend some fucking money. I'm sorry, but spend some money. Advertise your shit. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, I mean, it's sort of the same thing with the games, though. So, it's it's wild to me. Um, yeah. One, only 1% one have interacted with. So, there's there's only one way to go, which is up, I guess. Which is, uh, which is still like, which thing. is still like, uh, if 1% of Netflix subscribers bought a game, it'd be the most successful game of all time. <laughs> but that's that's the thing, right? It's one percent of two hundred twenty-one mm-hmm. million. You have to remind yourself of that, like, okay, that that's substantial. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Netflix is going through some troubles. They've had some subscriber bleed. Uh, they're trying to crack down on people sharing passwords. Meanwhile, uh, not to pimp Game Pass again, but uh, Microsoft just had a, a pilot program where they were allowing Xbox insiders to share their Game Pass subscription with four other people. So um, hmm. they're kind of doing the opposite of what Netflix. It's is so doing weird right that I think that was a thing nintendo technically introduced like uh they had a family plan before microsoft did they're 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 obviously different points of the product life cycle right like like netflix is figuring out how do we tighten the belt how do we crack down on this stuff whereas microsoft is still very much let's be as aggressive as we can with our pricing we're we're trying to get people addicted to this and then jack up the price because Mm. right right before we recorded this disney announced like a silently oh your disney plus subscription is going up four dollars and like yes curses fuck for what for like uh, god damn it for like the four marvel shows i watch a year because everything else i own already uh, they also announced an ad supported tier alongside that right and so a lot of people yeah. would probably switch to that i tier. wasn't very excited about the ad supported tier yeah the pricing <laughs> i think is it, yeah the pricing is basically comparable to what we already pay right yeah it, 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 agent it the old was price. playing hardball that's what it was mm. But that, but that it, never forget, never forget that's how Silicon Valley works. They offer you incredible convenience for a price you can't believe, and they slowly every year jack up the price to like, I can't just believe Silicon this, Valley, this dude, expensive. Like, now, by the way, that's phone companies and cable companies too, right? Like that's, that's a lot of serve, anything that's a service, they kind of, they have this introductory promotional I pricing. I think that that's a venture capital, price. like that is a modern thing, uh, because cable, yeah, yeah. Co- cable prices didn't go up as fast as Uber and Netflix. Mm. Thing is, cable, as I found out, will sometimes do shit like, uh, oh, we, we contracted with you, uh, 10 years ago to provide this service for, you know, this amount of bandwidth for this amount of money. And that's exactly what we've been doing for 10 years. It's your fault for not checking it yeah. out and realizing that, like, you're paying through the nose for subpar service that is, like, Way yeah. more expensive for way less than what we give. Yeah, like, why, did, why didn't you ask about your Zenith modem? Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> that, that's the other big, un, you know, secret, quote unquote, about those services. If you call your cable company every year, 
you can usually re-up the promotional pricing and be like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of switching. And then they'll be like, oh, well, we can offer you this great deal. And, and yeah, just yeah. Keep, keep keep doing that every so often. But um, but yeah, I mean, Xbox Game Pass, again, proving, like, I, I love that they're testing this. It's, it wasn't available in many countries, uh, but it is something they're testing. Like, how can you yeah. get people to share your subscription which makes sense right so think of things like the turtles game we all played together right like if you could have said to your buddies like hey i can let you share my subscription so we can all four play at the same time that i bet that a lot of people would eventually convert and become subscribers to their service as an adult i like i think we've all become evangelists for like a game pass like subscription uh Hmm. ps plus to a much lesser extent because it's so new and there hasn't been an much new added to it but like yeah it's amazing and yeah. we're, we're not paid by them to say that blah 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 i love your jokes no we pay but them. uh <laughs> but it does seem like too good to be true but you know again these silicon valley too good to be true things end up costing you double 10 years after the fact hmm. yeah yeah everyone talks about that like oh man yeah this game pass pricing is unsustainable and i'm like look yes they i'm sure they will raise it eventually but if you're Microsoft, and let's just say $10 per month average you're getting, so you're getting $120 per subscriber. How many of those people do you think actually bought two $60 games from Microsoft every year? I'll, I'll tell you, it's not as many as they yeah. have subscribers, right? Mm-hmm. They, they are on average, even though it's stretched it over time, they're making more money in the long run with this model than they would trying to sell you first-party Xbox games. Like, that is... And they're buying up all these content providers, right? They're buying up Activision, they bought up Bethesda mm-hmm. to keep feeding that subscription model, right? It's, yeah, so if the price goes up, which it will, like, I don't think it, it's going to double or triple, right? Because they are still making more money off you, off this subscription I, I'm, I'm saying the only example, the biggest example we have is Netflix. And my Netflix subscription has more than doubled since over the last yes. 10 years. And that's not... In inflation rate, by the way, inflation has not doubled. I, I don't care how much you hate Joe Biden. <laughs> no, the, the Netflix thing it fell victim to the similar thing that Disney Plus was, which is they were over investing in content. Right, mm-hmm. like they they were basically like, hey, we need to keep filling our service with original content, and they were they were dropping a ton of money into that. Which I of think course, they should Microsoft sell Batgirl to Disney Plus, and then I'd pay extra there you to go. see it. There you <laughs> go. Dan looks very happy, even though he didn't laugh out loud. That that is our generation's Corman's Fantastic Four. Yeah, I guess if it's any good, who knows? There shouldn't I mean, be a, fa- a Corman's Fantastic Four in the streaming era. Good. It makes no mm. fucking sense. Yeah, it's. I mean, ninety million to just like just, wow, you spent the money, cost. just dump it on a service and send it out to die. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. I don't understand you don't, it you don't need all. to spend mm. money to market it at that point. Just yeah. put it on the service. Yeah. Like, honestly. Anyway, hey, that's all the news that's fit to play. All right. Well, let's move on to our community segment, which is always segmenting our community. Uh, last week's question of the week was, if you had to pick just one, what's your favorite video game weapon? weapon. Um, Dan, do you have an answer to that? Do you have a favorite? Um, not offhand. I actually didn't listen to last week's uh, show. So we can, we can come back to question. Oh, I wasn't sorry. even on last week's show. I mean, so the... the, the uh, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of the gun. Mm. I think the gun is a very effective <laughs> video game. Just in general. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean one. like the, the cliche answer is all for me was always the portal gun. 
Uh, or the gravity gun from Half-Life 2. That's not a cliche. Nobody provided mm. that as an answer. Yeah, That's a yeah. great really? answer, Dan. Yeah. The, the portal gun, uh, was just like, it broke my brain, but the gravity gun wound mm. up being, uh, so much more effective and so much more creative than I expected it to be. Uh, that, that is like in my head, just like the best. When you think of your macho heist fantasies, and I think, well, I do. I have them. The hmm. portal gun, Makes all of that way easier all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, okay, all the here, time. here's what we got to do. We just got to get line of sight into the vault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah. So we're gonna I wait for them to open the, the vault. Shield of the armored car and on the side. And right. We're good. Yeah. So, so portal gun's great, and yes, definitely you had to take into consideration a lot of design things there. But I actually sat through a, pres- a design presentation about the gravity gun, and in addition to it being a weapon, you don't realize how much design they had to put into the rest of that game to support the oh, use yeah. of a gravity gun, right? Like, Wait, we can pick up anything You can pick and up anything in the it? environment and throw it anywhere you want, mm-hmm. and they're, good, they're building environmental puzzles based on that. They're building combat scenarios based on that. Like, that, that thing was way, 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 way ahead of its time in terms of, it's, like... It's one of those things I just games. imagine Gabe Newell, like, uh... Standing like Napoleon at an open window in Seattle with his hands behind his back, like, sir, this is going to be so hard. I don't care. Gravity gun. Do it. (laughs) Make it happen. Points to his knife collection on the wall. Get out of my fucking office. (laughs) Physics puzzles. That's what everybody knows the Half-Life series for. (laughs) So I kind of had two answers, Michael. I wasn't here last week. So the, the first one that came to mind is the plasma cutter from Dead Space. Mm, and one, one. Simple, one simple reason there is like, still I don't think any gun to this day has reproduced the ability to rotate awesome. the, your yeah. gun's mm. beam, mm-hmm. you know, on the shoulder buttons. Yep. Like that's amazing. And, and obviously it was using that game for cutting off limbs. Um, but then I, I, I was like, you know what though? That's not my real choice. My, my real choice, something Live I action had to earn. No, oh. back at back back. At, I'm old enough to have played original Destiny and earned my original Galahorn, the fucking Galahorn man, a cluster rocket launcher. That I mean, if you had to earn it originally, it was kind of like saying you earned a mount in World of Warcraft back in in version vanilla World of Warcraft. Like it, it was, it was a badge of honor that you had this thing, and it was the most powerful weapon in that game. And they brought it back in Destiny Two, and, and is still one of the most powerful weapons in the game. It's just fucking cool. It's a cluster bomb rocket launcher that shoots tracking rockets at and melts bosses. Like it's and, mm. it, and it looks the design is amazing too. A fucking yeah. Gellhorn. It's got lore, right? Isn't it based on Norse lore? Like Gellhorn mm-hmm. is, is a yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, and visually, it's yeah, it's just one of the most interesting weapons I saw in Destiny. Yeah. I don't think I ever got it in the original game. I did get it in the in the sequel, um, in Destiny Two. Um, but yeah, it was like. The gold standard of all weapons in in Destiny. Everyone, you'd you'd roll into raids and everyone would have to have the Galahorn. And it was the one time, you know, they, remember the promise they said, like, hey, in Destiny, every gun's going to tell a story. Like, having, how you earned that gun will be a story. Everyone who earned it has a Galahorn story. This is how I got it. It was this drop or whatever. That was kind of the one time they they, they lived up to that promise was Galahorn. What if you, what if you said, uh, every gun's going to tell a story? And then it was like literally every gun has a recording of like a public domain story like Jack and the Beanstalk or something. You like you joke, but like the way Destiny lore works now is like when you do get these drops, it unlocks these like 
complex lore really fucking are. tabs and shit like that. Like, there's so much lore in Destiny. Like, and remember all that stuff used to be in the app. Like, you used to have the fucking mobile app to, to read all that. And they were mm-hmm. like, they realized, like, hey, no one's actually doing that. We should actually put this in the game. And, yep. like, you know, it's there. I still don't read it, but it's there. It's nice oh, to know it exists. Got, got to get fucking Sean Hastings from Assassin's Creed to write these entries. Uh, it, 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 snark makes them more readable. Can I, can I, that gives me anxiety, the amount of collectible video game shit that I've, hmm. you know, gone to the trouble of finding and then never read. Oh, like that, that if you had the Destiny app and, like, would you like to look at your grimoire cards? and like, why don't you throw them into the ocean for me? And, like, do an animation <laughs> right. of that. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. Those are all in the game now, and they, they give me anxiety knowing they're there and that I should probably read them because some writer was paid quite mm-hmm. well, probably, to write these amazing things that I – can't be bothered to read like ah man i have one one thing to rattle off before we get into more question of the week that made me laugh as i went up the split second i went upstairs to pour another drink uh better call saul is about to end and we were talking about light guns and i immediately connected do you remember the breaking bad episode where jesse is yes i was gonna going through his drama and playing uh, Id's Rage with a light gun. Yes, with a light that gun. did not have light gun support thing. and no, no such right. light gun for the... <laughs> it's the perfect example of what I was talking about. Yes. Like that's how pop culture portrays mm-hmm. video games. I'm like, that's not that's not a thing. Man. Yeah, it's, but that might be the last big light gun sequence in, a popu- in popular culture I can think of, and it's almost 10 years old. My new favorite meme is uh, people doing the mic breakdown. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to go here. Yeah. You're going to do this thing. Like, oh, yes. Bada bing, bada boom, yeah. Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, for the answers on VigilGamePocalypse.com, Jinjo Fluffer 69, nice. nice, says, The best weapon in any video game has to be the legendary sword of evil Spain, the Master Sword. Oh. It might be a bit played out for us older gamers, but remember how exciting the first time was? Pulling that thing out of whatever ghastly hole it was shoved into and holding it aloft for all to see? High-fiving your brother and then running to the phone to call your best friend? Wandering back into the overworld and one-shotting Moblins? Reaching Ganondorf only to realize he has another trick up his sleeve? It is the best weapon in all of gaming, not because it is powerful or cool, but because... The in-game legend surrounding it. I do. I, I mean, it shot a beam. It's a fucking <laughs> sword that shot a beam. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Although I seem to remember always, you had to be Ganon with the bow and arrow, which I always thought was weird. It's like you, you which all this the, trouble the bow and to get arrow the to stun sword. him, and that yes. sets him up for the shot with the master sword. Okay, there you go. But you have to have full health for the beam to happen. That's, that's mm, always true. 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 Uh, I don't want to pronounce this. I don't. I don't want to read it because I can't pronounce it. Yeah. You're all jerks. I'll do it. Darth Ender X says, Chrisagrim from Symphony of the Night. Hey, I used to cold read on uh, uh, news on the radio, so I can say Chrisagrim. Ooh, ooh, can you do your news radio voice? Can you read the rest of this in your... Chrisagrim from Symphony of the Night, the mechanical effect... is under attack today. (laughs) The uh, mechanical effect of running around holding up a lawnmower, (laughs) but so much cooler visually. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Dead Alive is a pretty badass movie. Uh, Dead Alive is brought up on 30 2010 this week, pre-Impta Plug. I think it's a movie everyone should see. And I also survived my first viewing of 
the adventures of Pluto Nash. So, Ooh. Oh, shit. Oh. I'm so sorry. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Gabe, the bad? DM says, the weapon I have to choose is the Soul Reaver from Soul the Legacy Reaver. of Cain series. <laughs> did you just do a Soul Train I reference did. for the Soul I did. Reaver? <laughs> I did. <laughs> With Don Cornelius. Yeah. He's my uh, uncle. I had to. <laughs> <laughs> so not just because of what it does, but because of what the series did with it in the narrative. It started out as just an OP late game weapon and a kind of janky Zelda-like, how dare you. But when the sequel went in a new direction, it was given center stage as a turning point in the story when the sword shattered as it was used on the new protagonist. In addition to the story implications of this, it served a valuable mechanical purpose, negating the game's ever-present health drain and giving you an easy way to kill enemies without needing outside weapons and hazards to do so. Hmm. Then, as the series continued, the Soul Reaver, which you've been relying on for survival, becomes too powerful, forcing you to thread the needle of keeping it fed with souls, but not overfed, lest it go berserk and fight against you. It's sort of like Obby wow. 2 from it's, Metal it's Shop of Horrors. a weird version of we weapon degradation. Yeah, yeah. Then the series got to its end. The plot basically revolves entirely around this sword, which by this point is two or three distinct entities across. T it, this sounds like Soul Blade or Soul, Soul Calibur. Oh. <laughs> Soul Reaver, Soul Calibur. Um, and, but when I was in high school, I fell down a serious legacy of Kane Hole. That sounds dirty. Uh, getting wrapped up in the story and lore and characters of the series. So, the Soul Reaver has a special place in my heart, just like it has a special place in the hearts of all those vampires I killed with it. The soul still reaves. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you read the soul, sometimes the soul she reads oh, you. Let me read the, the next one, because it's from one of my favorite games ever. Uh, Leonardo Chavez says the turnip from Super Mario 2. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yes. If, if you look at the uh, box art for Super Mario Advance, that's what he's pulling up uh, uh, on the NES. Such a fun idea of pulling vegetables out of the ground and throwing them at enemies. Also, my favorite box art of Mario jumping in the air and catching a turnip. Uh, this weapon made it uh, made its return in Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker with the same classic feel of throwing hmm. vegetables. I didn't know that about Captain hmm. Toad. You can throw I, I did, but it was not... It's not the same... Like, uh, th there was a, a 3D Mario game where he pulled shit up and threw it around. Um, was it 3D World? I can't remember. Could be. Yeah. Sounds familiar. Um, I should really spend more time with Captain Toad. No. <laughs> <laughs> no? Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, it should be a $40 game. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it uh, is what it is. Vincent Goodwin says the grappling hook from Just Cause 2. Oh, yes. So good. You can use it to zoom right into battle, whip bad guys, and then grapple out of the fray. Plus, connect cars to trees and flip them. If Breath of the Wild 2 doesn't have a hook shot like Just Cause's grappling hook, that's a missed opportunity. Mm. I have to agree. I mean, to expand upon that, if you get into Just Cause 3 and 4, you can grapple two things together and then, like pull them toward each other in mm -hmm. usually resulting in massive explosions like nice. it's very satisfying I, I, I saw a clip on some social media app this too. week auto fed to me it was clearly just cause launching a car off a cliff standing on the top of the car attaching a cable to the car into a bridge and then wrapping around the bridge getting <laughs> inside the car and throwing the car miles <laughs> nice. and then driving as soon as it hits the ground it was just Damn. like it looked like four which i have very little experience with but like yeah four, four let you do the most with that grappling hook so but, cool uh, few, mm. few people played it hmm. this next one is another impossible to pronounce one so i'm going to just throw myself at it 
uh, being Irish. Uh, Padraig Sean O'Rourke says, In Darkest Dungeon, my favorite character is the Antiquarian, since she's all about the loot. She uses a censure, like in church, to buff allies and blight enemies, and I always loved that. Hmm. Do love it. Yeah. Kill someone slowly with frankincense and myrrh. Yeah, church implements as weapons, you kind of got to, you know, you you get a plus five for... Holy shit, right? Mm, gotta have an antiquarian in your party if you're going up against Lovecraftian horrors. <laughs> Just part of the mythos, that be, man. That might be the nerdiest thing you've ever said. In That's this my show. zodiac sign. I'm an antiquarian. <laughs> <laughs> this is the age of antiquarians. The water bearers, yeah. This is the dawning of the age of antiquarians. Holy water bearers. <laughs> Uh, Philip Longette says, I've always been a huge fan of kung fu movies, and growing up I was always fascinated by the liquid knife, something like a dagger or arrowhead on a rope or chain. So when Kratos came along with two of them, literally branded into his forearms, the Blades of Chaos instantly became my favorite weapon in video games. Neat. I'm going to recommend a movie called Prey. Yes. (laughs) Scorpion from Mortal Kombat? Yes. Yes. I didn't know it was called Liquid Knife. That's kind of a cool name for that. Yeah. Yeah, very much. Stabbing yeah. weapons. Mm. <laughs> New question of the week. Um, this comes to us from friend of the show, Dave Rudden. Uh, what's the game that you have restarted the most but never finished? Uh, for me, that's The Witcher 3. I don't even have to think about it. That was, I've restarted that yeah. on every platform it's on and Agreed. never gotten further than fucking uh, Novigrad. If you if you have an extra 150 hours to spare, I highly recommend it. Mike. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the fucked up thing about Witcher Three. It was uh, so well treated and released on new platforms. I bought it almost every time and started up. I'm like this is awesome, but there's a new game I have to talk about for work, yeah. and I have to put it aside. And I, I never got because I didn't jump in in the beginning, which. I remember a bunch of critics were like, it's too early in the year to call this game of the year, but like, if people are going to forget about it, they're not going to buy it. It came out in like February or March. Uh, yeah, it, like, god damn it. I, I really, really pissed about that. Sorry. I, I waited to play it until like mid-2017, so all the DLC was already out. Mm. And yeah, with, with the DLC, I'm, I'm not joking, it's like a 150-hour experience, but it, it's... um. It is worth playing. It, it It's not that old. It, it holds up quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can see... I, I, I sort of had the similar experience where when it first came out, I put a couple hours in. I was like, man, this is awesome. But it's it's daunting how big yep. that game feels. You're like, fuck, this game is I, I, I think, too big. I think that's part of it. Because like my answer is uh, Earthbound. Sure. Which yeah. I, I, I've started... That's my answer. Yeah. I'm in the middle of playing it for the third, hopefully, and final time. How far? Um, yeah. Well, I had, I'm, I'm up to, I got past the desert. Uh, I'm Way in the moonside right now. Are you reading the manual? Cause everyone tells me you have to at least get the digital version of the huge book it came shipped with. Cause otherwise okay. it's, it's impossible to kind of brief, game. brief story time. Um, right. I got an original copy back in 95 when it was new as a review copy and it wow. was the big box with the manual and yep. everything, blah, blah, nice. blah. Thanks. I held on to I played it. I didn't finish it. I held on to that. Uh, then I found out many years later it was worth a lot of money. So I got talked into buying like you know a protective case for it. 
because it was just sitting out in my garage. So then I bought it on 3DS on Virtual Console and thought, this is perfect. I'll do this. Then my 3DS got stolen out of my storage unit. So, oops. And I had gotten stuck in the desert, but I was using the Mm -hmm. starmen.net walkthroughs, and that's what I'm doing now. Um, And so I'm playing it on a little uh, Ambernick RG351. Hmm. And it's very, very good, and I'm f- super enjoying it, but I am going to let myself use a guide to get through it. Uh, hmm. And, yeah, I don't have the original book, but I do have this fan-made, like, okay, here's just everything you need to know. Do this, then make sure you do this. Buy this now. In an hour, you're going to need it. Like, that kind of, like, real, like, what would a friend tell you? <laughs> okay, so, starmen.net cool. is the way to get the walkthrough for earthbound it's charming i love it but yeah i've started it at least three times and i'm determined that this is the time i'm going to i, I bought it nice. three times um uh, so <laughs> i've started even more than that yeah wow. i, I yeah. bought it for virtual console on a wii u at a job i was working and then when i no longer was working there no longer had access to the game i bought because i didn't fucking I, I, own a I wii bought u. a loose one of loose super nintendo cartridge for two dollars Back in the day. Oh, you lucky oh. man. Lucy? Yeah. You bought oh. a Lucy yeah. for two It wasn't worth Damn. a fucking... No one knew what it was. It was nothing. It was worth nothing mm. in 19... 19- Would you like to know how much I sold my copy yes. for? $250. I sold my copy to a friend for the friend price mm. of $1,000. Wow. <laughs> Shut the front door. Wow. Because open market, that would have been 15 Could have gotten into a bidding war for two. Damn. But my friend was like, "This is not for me to to then flip. This is for my personal collection. Your do you, copy do you work is with that excellent. friend now. No, okay, because you work with a lot of collectors now, right? I do I work with a with a collector now. Yeah, but I I I was like, you know what? I want this to go to a good home. Sure, I love um, doing that. I, lo- I I've given away so much of my game shit to like you care about this. I'm not. I don't want to look and see how much it's worth. Here you go." I cared about it. I just, I, I just didn't feel like being mercenary with a friend who, right, you know, has right. done other favors for me over the years. And it was just like, you know what? Like this matters a lot to you. This is part of your permanent collection. This is going to get a, a special place. Yeah, sure. You it, should have my copy. I took really good care of it. You know, it's not, uh, it's not thing. why I do it. But like, if anybody sings songs about me after I'm dead, it's because like. Oh, are you a big fan of this thing? This is worth like a thousand dollars. Here you go. Like if, yeah. if you're freaking out yeah. over it, like just take it. Uh, I, I don't. I don't want. I, I can't believe I'm saying this to a man who got a thousand dollars for used game, but that's quite generous of you, Dan. Like, what good on you <laughs> to do that? Well, <laughs> the the funny thing is, uh, like we're putting away for a big vacation, and so this was part of the move out of our of our last house. Was yeah. like, you know what? Like it's time to let some more video games go, but this time. I it was all the high ticket items that I had saved from the previous purges, and I was like, I think it's finally. I also sold the uh, the sealed copy of the unlicensed Wisdom Tree King James Bible for Game Boy wow! that I've been wow. holding on to for nice. years. I really only had three or four like high ticket items. I did sell my my copy of the ID uh, collection. Remember the box set that they did with a little no. pewter cyber demon and all that stuff. Mm-mm. They did a physical edition uh, called the It Anthology mm-hmm. um, okay. in the nice. and I sold that to uh, to the guy that runs uh, New Blood Interactive to Dave Oshery, wow. uh, who whose life is you know two D uh, horror shooters uh, and and remaking those those gorgeous '90s style games. So you know, like my, I'm I'm happy that all the stuff went to people who really care about 
what it is and will preserve it or you know what have you. So Dan, how are you going to read? The, how are you going to read the Bible now? You just can't find that thing anywhere. It's I don't know. I mean, I I I don't need to read it because I have so many uh, people on the right just quoting it all the time and living by it. So I'm just going to follow <laughs> their examples. Quoting it, yeah. Usually, yeah. I'm going to just follow their examples and assume that it's spot on. <laughs> Lauren, Lauren Bovert's Noah's Ark Adventure. Uh, <laughs> I, I might be the only person here. I, I let me let me create this argument. Uh, my parents didn't buy me video games. My grandmother bought me every Wisdom Tree game. Oh, Always. that's great. Always. Mine, mine came from the GamePro uh, software library because when I left, uh, Francis Mao, Dr. Zombie, said, dude, you can have whatever you want. Uh, if there's anything here that you want that you know that we're just nobody's going to care about. I'm like, you know what? I'm so amused by this. And it's sealed. I'm going to take this. I left them the open copy. I'm like, I'm taking the sealed copy. I don't know why we have two. Right. Also, I want one of these blue PlayStations so that I can play imports without having to ship anything. Nice. So, like, I, you know, I've got a nice little blue uh, PlayStation 1 uh, test unit that I can play Vib Ribbon on and Guitar nice. Freaks. Yeah. Nice. You know. That, it's what I took. Assuming from, I still have it. What I, I took from your old, old outlet as well, Daniel. I took a yeah. oh. debug Xbox, Xbox and a... Uh, uh, a lot of sealed games that might be worth a little bit right now. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, you know, flip them if you can. Mm. But anyway. Yeah. Um, let's go back to question of the week. I don't know. Yeah, the game you restarted. Because <laughs> I, I, I did not expect anybody else to say Earthbound. I had a couple of backups. Yeah, but, Earth, Earth, Earthbound. And, and maybe Final Fantasy VII. Hmm. Uh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just like I, 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 I had a Saturn first and like I... I by the time that was out, like I was just getting an N64 and, and, and PlayStation, and uh, yeah, it just took a while to get. My first Final Fantasy is is ten, and and it was really hard to go back uh, after that. It's mm. it's hard if they do what they did with nine. I don't know. I I own the re release of seven on Xbox, mm-hmm. like not not the not the new not the right. remake, but like they they have those versions. I think they do the same thing they did with nine, where they can make it like so. You speed it every up. hit you. Well, they, you speed it up. Every hit you do is an insta kill for enemies. So it's basically just hey, I'm here to experience. Last time the I did story. it was Steam, and uh, I haven't yeah, used that. Yeah. One. But it's on Game it, it was It's like on Game playing Pass. a ROM with mods or something. Like it's 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 if yeah, if, it's worth experiencing the story of seven as it was originally told. I think you would get more out of the remake future episodes if you at least did that. Yeah, so we, like, I was shocked doing our. Patreon.com slash laser time video game guidance with uh uh Carolyn. We did Carolyn. Carolyn. Yeah. We did it with Carolyn and, and and she was like fucking shocked, like what did you think about this? Like not having experience <laughs> Right. And, and like right. I, I knew something weird was going on, but like she was right. I didn't get I, I didn't get the most out of it from not uh knowing the full story. Right. I knew something was yeah. amiss. So, so mine is, um, I've probably told the story in the show before. I know this game immediately came to mind when Michael told me the question. Um, I never bought and owned The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past. I always had to rent it. And, you know, the way rentals work, my parents weren't paying those fucking late fees. Mm. And so I I would inevitably get to the end of that game every time I rented and never finish it. And, of course, the save... Are you winning at your 50-hour game, son? Because this has to go back. of course, like, the save files wiped between the times I was able to rent it again, right? So I rented that game multiple times because I love that game. It's, it's, Mm. to this day, one of my favorite Zelda games. Um, I... 
I had to wait until I was in adulthood to finally finish uh, that game. So yeah, I, I, I must have restarted. Actually, Zelda 2 I probably restarted several, almost as many times. I also rented that several times, but I'm pretty sure I was able to finish it most times. Oh, shut up, Michael. Yeah. It's oh, not that long a game. Ragging here. There's no okay, bragging. now do Tetris. <laughs> Start Tetris and get to the end. <laughs> <laughs> now that's one I've restarted thousands yeah. of times. Right. Wait till the blocks have fucking five squares, bro. That's that's real Tetris, dude. Yeah. There's a parallel universe where rental places... Ne- it, it was like a blip in gaming history. There's a parallel universe where gaming rental services never existed. And from what I know about games that change the development of, uh, that would be very interesting. The rise of RPGs and cutscenes and 100-hour games might be because of rental units. Battletoads yeah. being hard is literally a thing to fight rentals. Rental. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So there might be a, like uh, just just because like I was looking at these flyers for some of these light gun games available now. It's like, and they they literally say like M dash almost twenty minutes of gameplay. And like that's all we really needed back in the day. <laughs> uh, tw- wow. Twenty minutes of gameplay. Like this this unit costs five thousand dollars. <laughs> it will make you hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, twenty minutes of gameplay. Let's close this bitch out. Dan's all tired. Right. So. What's the game that you've restarted the most but never finished? Let us know. Go to videogamepocalypse.com. Answer into the comments for episode 484. Alternately, you can visit us on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll Too be a excited. thread there where you can answer. Sorry? Too excited, the, the way you said that. Very excited, <laughs> yes. Uh, and and finally, you can ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and uh, we will collect a few answers and read the best ones on next week's show. Anyway, that has been our show. Let's go with some plugs. Dan, once again, uh, where can people find you? Where do you want to? Where do you want people to look? I will do a work plug since uh, since I like where I work. Uh, Digital Eclipse uh, actually starting to get our social channels in order. So if you would like to keep up with the the sort of again our our goal is to is to do deluxe restorations of classic games put the 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 history in context i'm very happy about how we're going to be able to tell atari's story as part of the atari 50 the anniversary celebration it's not called a collection because it's not just a big pile of roms you know what i mean right uh, we're Dan, doing Dan, a that is lot. that is one of my most exciting things and i i didn't know a good way to bring it up to you but that is what I'm most excited to experience in the next. I don't know when it's releasing, but uh, me neither. The, like I, I, <laughs> I have a big. Well, I was too young for a lot of the Atari stuff, and I want right. to know everything, and I want to hear from people who made these games. I want to feel them played optimally, and I cannot wait for this release. I, I really, I hope you'll be happy with it. I mean, we've been really sweating it. Uh, Chris Kohler is uh, is our editorial director. He sort of set the the pace and did a lot of the interactive timeline content. Mm. I've been filling in anything that he didn't have time to do. Uh, that included writing up descriptions for like all ninety games in this collection. There's there n- are s- six, and there are six new ones, including one that I'm really, really proud to be involved with. Uh, those of you who are old enough to remember the 2600, there was this massive metagame puzzle a treasure hunt called Sword Quest, and yeah. that was a really big influence on me. Even though these games were 
pretty cryptic and lots of like hunt and peck kind of, you know, uh, figuring out the mysteries of these games. But it was a very uh, uh, ambitious way to tell a video game story and do a video game treasure hunt Mm -hmm. with a real world prize. It was supposed to be four games. Three of them came out. We are doing the fourth. Now, the interesting thing is that like Todd Fry, uh, the programmer, he's still around. We got to interview him, gotten to talk to him a couple of times now. He has seen this and said, this is not what I was going to do. But right. this totally looks like a sword quest game. So we have like his semi blessing. Like he keeps saying, like maybe I'll do the, the the thing that I wanted to do. I don't know. But we took what he had sh- shared publicly as his concept, right? And made uh, Dave Reese actually, who some of you guys may know from Future, mm-hmm. he was the disc yeah. editor at OXM. Yes, he is I now a, a, full, a fully fledged engineer oh, yeah. uh, and programmer at Digital Eclipse. Wow. So this is his baby. And I came in, and they were like, "Would you be interested in helping him with this?" To, to, to work on some of the puzzle stuff. And I'm like, would you let me? Is literally what I said. Everybody in the meeting laughed. And I'm like, you don't understand how important Sword Quest is to me. So What was yesterday, the original prize for this one? Because wasn't it a, a sword of a different type? Like there was a diamond sword at one well, point they were going to get? The first or? one was a sword. The second one was a chalice. The third one was a crown for Waterworld. And Airworld was supposed to be the Philosopher's Stone. Oh, and shit. these were all prizes that the Franklin Mint made. You so win J.K. We, Rowling's fortune if you right. win if you the, the her reputation. Stone. You win her reputation. It, it's so um, <laughs> disappointing what happened to the prizes too. Like wasn't like one of them was melted down and sold to yes. pay for the the winner's college tuition. Yes, yeah. that is that part is true. What happened to the other ones? Nobody knows. It's it's actually suggested that maybe some of these hadn't been completely created. Probably like there were artist renditions created. of what they would look like, but yeah. there is a good chance that like the philosopher's stone never existed, and the final sword of ultimate sorcery may or may not have ever existed. I there mean, are urban legends about. We, we've all worked in marketing enough to know like. Yeah, you There's wouldn't. A, you wouldn't. You wouldn't spend the money unless advanced. you absolutely yeah, had yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and I, I, so, I've, I've worked in these experiences. Like, if uh, man, the contest winner hasn't responded, and like, thank God. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we don't, don't have to yeah, fill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Airworld is just one of the the new games uh, that's in there. There's uh, there's a sequel to Haunted House for the 2600, which is wow. now like voxel uh, Minecraft style. It's it's very fun. It's now co-op. Uh, it, it's it, like I'm really happy with 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 a lot of the things that our team has done on this. So, Ooh. I would say let's, let's leave the plug there. Uh, I don't have a release date on that, but it's not just a bag of ROMs. No, I, like you, more no, than you, anything you, else, you I blew can my type. mind with the Criterion aspect. Like Dan, I have watched. Yeah, almost every silent movie ever made. Uh, I have because you like the Criterion approach. Well, yeah, yes. You know, I had my my grandfather and dad. I would watch them with with them, and like, but they weren't you know there to be Atari fans. And like, I kind of woke up at the end of that. Yeah. So uh, this collection is going to have a lot of games that you know, like, of course you're going to include adventure. Yes, Mm -hmm. but we're going to explain why adventure is important. We're going to actually have other people say no 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 this is what was this is what inspired me to move on and 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 do other right. stuff uh, can, we can have... you explain to me what the fuck was going on with Yars Revenge? What the fuck is that game about? <laughs> Absolutely. We have the creator of Yars Revenge explaining both what the concept of the game was and wh- where it came from, and then also how it got its name. Where did it go so... wrong? Is what I... <laughs> no, I'm oh, sorry. how dare you? I spent you a lot of time playing Yars Revenge. Game. 
I you, spent yeah, a ton is, of time is, playing Yards' Revenge. Regularly cited as the greatest Atari twenty six hundred game ever made. So ET guy, right? It's the yes, Howard Scott Warshaw. Yeah, Howard Scott Warshaw, Mm -hmm. and and Howard was very generous with us uh, with his time and his stories. His anecdotes are great. So funny and Uh, nice. I mean, I love that. Yeah, he is a great guy, and he's got a great book out also called Once Upon Atari, which is absolutely worth reading. He is now the Silicon Valley therapist. He actually is no longer a programmer. He is now legitimately a full-time therapist. Wow. Uh, but it's uh, – Chris Kohler has this amazing story where he had a signed copy of Yar's Revenge on his shelf in his home. And uh, a friend came over and said, my therapist made that game. So, yeah, I mean, like, oh, how shit. do you beat that? So, yeah, Atari 50 is is not going to be your standard Atari ROM dump. This is not what you're expecting. It is going to be – an interactive and educational walk through everything. We've got some fun surprises planned along the way, but even if you just want to be told the story, like if you would sit and watch a Netflix documentary series on the history of Atari, you will enjoy this more and it'll probably take you just as long to get through because we have so much content. When I watch documentaries about video games, what frustrates me is not being able to play along, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that game. I'd love to play that. And so like, if I have a playable documentary, yeah, Every wow. single game that we mention in the timeline uh, that that is in the collection that is also you know because we we mention some games that are not in the collection weird things like Gotcha sure. by Atari which literally had a control panel that was two boobs uh, and that was the goal of the game was to try to get people into the arcade so they would squeeze the pink rubbery controllers like we mention that and we note that it's a little but we didn't emulate that mm. right but sure. like. When we're talking about Yara's Revenge, yes, you can hit a button and what? immediately go into playing Yara's Revenge. Oh. You can, you know, like that kind of wow. stuff. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 really like Mike Micah had a, a great vision for this overall. Chris Kohler laid out what how we tell the story, and I'm just so happy to be part of it, even you know as a supporting player. But it's I'm super excited about it. There is no release date. Atari is really behind telling, letting people tell the true story of Atari. This is not going to be whitewashed. Mm-hmm. That's all I can tell you. So it'll I be cannot fun. wait. So yeah, that's wait. my plug. Can't wait. Can I also plug the Cowabunga collection you guys are working uh-huh. on? Because that's that's cool. you feel free. Uh, that's coming out at the end of the month. So you'll you'll Fuck be talking yes. about it in uh, in a couple of weeks anyway. That's coming out August thirtieth. Uh, but exciting. a lot of love went into that. And there's a lot of surprises that we have actually been asked not to discuss until it comes out. Yes. So hopefully you will be able to uh, you know, find some of those for yourself. Ooh. I'm guessing there will be a couple Ninja Turtle games in that collection. <laughs> there there, there are like uh, 13 Ninja oh, Turtle my, games. My surprise will be playing uh, Manhattan Project in full. Hmm. I've never done that before. I've never right. played it at all. Uh, yeah, I, I played almost every other Ninja Turtle game a billion times. Not even not, the Hyperstone Heist. Yep. Oh wow. Okay. Cool. Uh, cannot wait. Same. All right. What do we got for Laser Time? Oh, who gives a shit? Yeah, uh, good point. Uh, uh, summer of 1982, <laughs> uh, 30, 2010 This week, I, I, I survived uh, Adventures of Pluto Nash, and I wish I could like say like I, I, I wanted to find a redemptive thing in that, but it's the most boring movie I've ever seen in my whole it's, life. It, that's, it's a is that giant peak, waste of time. Is that peak Eddie Murphy family movie phase? No. Uh, no, no, no. It's, it's like, but it, but it is, it is the harbinger of that. Okay. Like, like when that starts, because Eddie Murphy, you'll hear in the show, he apparently behind the scenes, like, uh, Hey, yo, make a straight movie and I'll fucking figure it out on, 
without blocking and rehearsing, and I'll figure out how to make it funny with hmm. non-funny dialogue. And it didn't work at all. And it ruined a director's career. A uh, director of very good movies. Uh, yeah. It, it. I don't blame Eddie Murphy for it, but like, it's really funny how many people do. <laughs> Isn't who who plays as Android in that is like Randy Quaid? Randy it sounds like he's Quaid. gargling it's, all the it's time. One of talks. the worst characters <laughs> of all time. <laughs> but it, boss. Oh god! Yeah, it, it's so bad. It's mm. so bad. It's like I it, like I if you think you you've never seen a movie improvised. Uh, mm-hmm. Reno 911, Curb Your Enthusiasm, no. This is fully improvised, and then digital animators put a hundred million hours and Jesus. dollars into Ugh. making it, it, it. It doesn't make any sense. We played the trailer! It's like, Pluto Nash is going undercover, and like, he's a nightclub owner. He's not going undercover. No. Like, like <laughs> even trailers are lying to you. They're... they're, they're, they're <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought that Randy Quaid would have ended up kind of scummier than cousin eddie character that he played for years <laughs> like he's yeah yeah I, I, mm-hmm. I never thought i would have jerked off to cousin eddie cutting fucking his wife on camera but uh Jesus. here we are sorry it happened look <laughs> it up if you can endure rupert murdoch's face it's, it's <laughs> never mind anyway <laughs> as always you can visit us online at vigigamepocalypse.com Follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or follow me personally at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Danny DeVito, just a short, fat man who eats ghosts. Yeah, it's I love it. On, mm-hmm. on my, uh, it's like Ghostbusters, except it's just me. <laughs> and I don't have any equipment. And if the ghost is your ass, <laughs> I'd gladly eat your ass is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I like pink, blue, and red hooves. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do a Danny DeVito impression unless I say whores. I say whores. <laughs> Danny DeVito. Ghost ass.